Now, uh, help me out, Blaster. Transform and play something uh, nice. And now, a nice and nifty musical selection for easy listening. <laughs> Hold on to your dancing shoes and go, man, go! One shall stand, one shall fall. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, a Transformers TCG podcast broadcasting live from an underground bunker in the middle of the murky Midlands. I want to boot some Decepticon right in his turbocharger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, cliff jumper. Wow. Seriously, put that gun down. You're going to kill somebody in this studio. Goodness. Right. Anyway, I'm your uh, host, Lee, from Blue Top Productions. And uh, today I have a motley crew of people to talk everything about Transformers the TCG. That's right. The trading card game based on the cartoon from the 80s. This podcast will talk about news about the Transformers the TCG, new releases, deck profiles, and stuff that's happening in the community. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. One shall stand, one shall fall. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode here on Believe Top Productions of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, the one and only... That's right, TCG podcast on the airwaves, and I'm so happy today. Yeah, the music's in the background. I'm feeling rather British today. We have a British cast. I'm so excited. We've been having so many foreigners on. We love you foreigners. I'm not going to say anything bad about you, but it's great to have several Brits on this cast. And obviously, if you've clicked the video, you know who's you know who's here. So. Let's let's just get into the introductions. I, I'm joined again by my lovely co-host Dave from the Energon Hustlers. How are you doing, Dave? What's up, guys? Yeah, I'm good. Ready to go. It's exciting, like you say. We've got a, a British man with us. So we're going to have a ruddy good chat. You're going to have a ruddy good chat. I completely agree with that. And then our special guest. We're slowly going through the whole entirety of the Ark crew. I believe we're going to just constantly going to just pick out more and more members because they just seem to be multiplying every week it's awesome and we're here with salty how you doing salty hello yeah i'm, I'm good i'm feeling a little bit pressured now for all this uh, patriotism that's going on I hope you've got a piece of the queen flashing up during all this and <laughs> the flag flying beautifully yeah i know it's just got the, the royal british music going on in the background hopefully we won't get done for any copyright but it's being played <laughs> it's being played no it's it's good so if you didn't know anything about salty obviously he's a part of the arc also an uh, part of uh, the team at uh, BOA but um yeah I'm not going to introduce him no salty I'll let you do it so so to quote another British band who are you who 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 are you mate just uh, just so the listeners if they live under a rock who are you mate <laughs> just to just give a little introduction to yourself uh, uh hello everyone um so yeah I'm salty I am one of the guys at Blues on Attack, one of the guys at the Ark, uh, doing custom card stuff. Uh, I, I play Transformers badly on a YouTube channel. I try and build the jankiest stuff I can build. Um, I podcast a former radio DJ for a very, very, very brief period. Um, yeah, I like, I like to roll a lot of dice and play a lot of video games and listen to a lot of music. I love it. I love it. That's, that's you in a nutshell. I absolutely love it. 
I absolutely love it, mate. So today we're, we've got a bit of a special cast because we're going to talk a little bit about the art because obviously Salty's here. Going to talk a little bit behind... What? The... I didn't agree to that. What? That's, well, well, it'd be funny if it isn't because <laughs> then we'll just be like, so we're just going to talk about other things and it'll be hilarious. <laughs> um, and then we're That's gonna... fine. I'm fine with that. Cool, cool. And then uh, um, we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, that actually Arcwave won because Dave and me have finally played it. Salty obviously helped design it so he knows what the cards are. So we're going to go into a bit of a deep breath of like what cards we found out have been reoccurring more than anything. Right, Dave? Is that something we were going to talk about? Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm, I've been using the art since it landed in our house on the Hustlers. Um, me and Claire love the set. And yeah, there's certain cards that seem to be a recurring theme um, in a lot of my decks and there's certain cards I think that you you want to play if you're playing a certain archetype um, you know so be cool to, to have a chat about that and it'd be cool to get sort of Salty's insight on sort of behind the scenes process of, of, as to whether that's what they kind of hope that card would, would achieve as it were you know yeah awesome source right so we've got a little bit of everything. We've got some viewer questions as well, which is quite awesome. So thank you guys for all your questions out there. Always much appreciated. Before before we get into the main main uh, topic of uh, discussions, what have, what have we all been up to? So uh, I'll open up to Salty. What have, what have you been up to recently, mate? It doesn't obviously have to be Transformers related because here in ruddy Britain, we are in a bit of an interesting time. You know, Raccoon City is among us right now. Uh, there is a thing that is mutating and going crazy in the Brits. And there goes all my stuff that was on my table just. Um, and <laughs> like loads of paintbrushes just fell on the floor. I'm going to deal with that later. Uh, but it's but quite interesting for all of us because we're in lockdown. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting time for us Brits. So uh, Salty, how have, uh, what have you been up to? Obviously because of this uh, fun thung for thing called Corona. Joys of the streaming services have been uh, have been helping me a little bit, I suppose. Um, I've managed to. I'm I'm a okay. So I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I tried when it first came out to watch Discovery. I think I got six episodes in and went, "This is not good," and just quit. And I started watching The Orville instead, which is not Star Trek, but is better Star Trek. Um, and then obviously lockdown kicked in, and I went, oh, "All right." Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do and I, and I got Amazon Prime so I, I blitzed Picard in one sitting which then kind of reinvigorated my Star Trek hype and I went fine I'll try Discovery again and I've now watched all of Discovery it's still a TV show and it's, yeah it's, it's alright um, <laughs> <laughs> season 2 was good I really enjoyed season 2 I didn't like season 1 at all I really did season two was good I've not watched the, it yet the, the issue for me is that possibly the more annoying character is also the main character <laughs> I'm like oh why I kind of I kind of want Saru to be the main character I find him way more interesting <laughs> love it yeah yeah disco not mm. anyway uh, <laughs> um, I've been playing some video games also do a uh video game podcast as well and i am known for not playing many video games for that video game podcast well i spent i played more video games last year than i've ever played I think. <laughs> um, 
because I haven't really got much option elsewise. At the moment, I am... Again, I, I'm sorry, I'm so negative to start trudging through Jedi Fallen Order. Because um, the Mandalorian has put me back on a Star Wars high again. Wee. And then Jedi Fallen Order is kind of kicking me sharply between my legs at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... It's not great. Um, <laughs> sorry, it was like Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, I, I agree, mate. I, I, I tried it and I was like, mm, it was a bit butt-bashy. It was a bit... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I think I found almost every combat I've been in to be frustrating rather than enjoyable. Um, oh, everything is so fiddly and it just it feels like a game that's about 15 years old. Yeah, up, down, back, right, triangle, X, circle. Oh, I've been working. I wish it was that. I'd be fine at that. Yeah. Years of practice with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan. No, no, no. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, mate, I'm, yeah. I'm still playing it, but uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's going to give you the, Vietnam flashbacks, isn't the, it? The, it's going to give you the Vietnam flashback. The best thing it did was very early on, it went, cool, you can customise your lightsaber if you want. Like, okay, can I make it green? Yes, you can. Fantastic. Done. Green. Never changes that colour again. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the best thing about it. <laughs> I love it. I'm just, I, just I, want, love it. I just want Luke's colour. That's it. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, want, I want the green one. The cool Jedi's have green. Yeah, Luke, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, I suppose technically Grievous not a Jedi but he's got green ones you know he has as well. some other people um, <laughs> Yoda obviously uh, um, and I've been doing a lot of um, miniature paintings I'll do that anyway in general but yeah I've been actually having time to sit down and, and paint stuff it's quite fun I, I, I tend to burn out on painting very quickly yeah. I go through little spats where I'm like the next two weeks all I'm going to do is paint and then for three months I don't pick up a paintbrush again um, and at the moment I'm in that that two week period of getting everything painted so um, hopefully it continues because I've still got more stuff to paint um, well I'm a miniature gamer you all know I've always got something to paint I can... it's, never, it's never finished I, I, I can, I can say everywhere, I think. yeah I was, I was going to say I can say because of Corona I'm running out of things to paint, which I'm actually grateful for. It's just that it's, they're just annoying color schemes that I don't know why I decided to choose those annoying color schemes. It's just <laughs> frustrating beyond belief. <laughs> Trust me, as a guy, as a guy, as a 40k player who plays Imperial Fists, oh. bright yellow. Um, yeah. I can completely empathise with that. Uh, even more so to the fact that I've worked out how I want to expand that army. And I have about 50 models that I need to buy that would all have to paint a bright yellow again. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I've almost finished my Marines. I've almost finished my Space Marines. So it's not too bad. It's not too bad. They're just grey, which is annoying because it's grey, black wash, grey over again. And then a red shoulder pad and a red knee pad, and it's some sort of like off-brand from a raven, like the what is it? The Raven Claw. That's that's the Harry Potter thing. 
Um, Raven Guard. Raven Guard, that's the one. It's like a sub-faction from that, because I was like, that's a cool color scheme and super easy to do. Uh, no, not when you have the model count that I have. It just gets annoying. And I just got finished with my, uh, was it Songs of Ice and Fire Baratheon box set. I hate yellow, so I empathize with you, Salty, on that. Oh, oh, man. I, I, I did the best thing ever for a Song of Ice and Fire. I did um, Night's Watch. Nice. <laughs> Black. I, I painted my Night's Watch starter in two and a half days. Nice. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a couple of Christmases ago. I got it for Christmas and went, cool, I'll paint it over Christmas weekend. Done. Did the whole lot. <laughs> it's super simple unless you take... I think the only things that take longer are the characters. Everyone else is like, silver, wash, little bit of colour done because everyone looks the same it's quite amazing yeah. <laughs> well night night's watch it was easier i got a can of black spray paint i spray painted the whole starter set and i was 90 percent done it was fantastic <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that with the starks you just do it with silver and you're done it's amazing it's so good <laughs> so good oh fantastic awesome source right uh dave what have you uh, been up to then during this uh, interesting period uh, since we last recorded. Working in the house because we had to self-isolate for nearly <laughs> two weeks because my youngest son, his nursery had an outbreak of COVID-19. So we had to self-isolate and then after the, the initial period, we were like, we can go out tomorrow. He had a temperature. Yay, let's self-isolate for another week. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't done an awful lot other than stay in my house but we got we got the all clear today all of us the whole family we're all good so that's good um so i've i've been doing a fair amount of, of content editing i've been recorded a couple of matches we had some interesting stuff arrive recently we had randy's beast war set mm. arrived uh, that mean you reviewed a few weeks ago in fact it was quite before christmas when it was probably about two weeks before christmas we reviewed that finally arrived which meant yours finally arrived as well, along with our Alpha Triumph protocols. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, so, done that. What's been, I, I, I recorded an episode for Blues on Attack the other night with Nick. Um, he, he bullied me into getting Octagon, uh, the sort of uh, mod for Transformers, because there's a TCG mod on there. So, for, the, for those listeners, viewers that don't know, um, Octagon, O-C-T-G-N it's like a card games platform not, not strictly um, official but it's for Transformers I have to say it's very easy to pick up and learn um, unless you're a moron like me and I keep pressing the wrong keys all the time and, and <laughs> flipping my entire deck rather than two cards <laughs> but yeah I did an did a episode with Nick so that, that should be coming out on BOA at some point it's a horrible um, git, isn't he? Isn't he horrible? He is. He plays <laughs> sharky stuff, like, like like my Shark Tank day from the other week. They, you know, it was horrible. They ate me. Um, it but it was, me. I, I just spent, in general, as a person. Oh. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've done that. Um, no, not much else. Just staring out at the outside world, wishing we could go out for most of the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it, really. Fair. It's not hype, an upbeat episode of the Transformers podcast. It's true. I stayed indoors for two weeks. It was crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's all good. It's all good. Um, obviously, I've been I've been a bit of a busy bee because I've been editing nonstop, releasing fun stuff. Like, I think the biggest thing I did was a two-year project that finally, like, vomited on my channel and went kind of viral in the Star Wars like Imperial Assault scene, which was kind of nice. Um, 
gotten into trouble with some sort of things on it. So going forward, I need to change some things. So um, yeah, other than that, yeah, I've been uh, building a lot of decks, trying to play. I've been um, playtesting some uh, Alpha Trine Protocols uh, Wave 3. Can't really talk about it, but I'm telling you now, if the card that I'm playtesting doesn't change, I am, I, mate, I am so excited for repair shenanigans, and I feel like, Salty, you'll also... You know that deck you built with, like, Ratchet and everything, which had recurring stupid repair? Yes. If this character doesn't change... You will fall in love with him immediately, guaranteed. Because I've fallen so, in love so with him said, immediately. You can't see me. My, my, I just suddenly went, like, zoomed in on my camera going, go on. <laughs> well, all, all, I could, all I could say is, uh, if he doesn't change, uh, I'm going to throw a deck at you to just try. Because so far, since playtesting it, it's undefeated. And, I, and, and, um, and that's without using some of your cards. And I already know that when it comes to, like, making my own personal deck, if it doesn't change... I know I'm adding a stratagem and a character that Dave used that does even more repair jank, a.k.a. Red Alerts, instead of something else that I'm running because it will just take that deck from being like a solid 9 to probably a solid like 25,000. Like seriously, it's just going to be ridiculous. Um, but it's super theme and it's super cool. And um, yeah, I really, I really like um, some of the guys' uh, ideas in that at the moment. So I don't know. I didn't really have much say in like the testing of wave two because obviously i was super busy and i'm not like saying oh i go out my way to test every single set uh, i jump in now and then just to give my two cents and it's nice to see some characters that i thought might appear appear and it's kind of cool their take on it and obviously when other card creators create stuff and have their own versions as well it's kind of cool to see where they go in those different directions so the world is awesome right now for creating stuff and yeah, like, oh, it's just so good. The game's a really amazing place, and it's just, it's ruddy brilliant, isn't it? It's just ruddy brilliant. It's just, yeah, yes, yes, quite, I say, absolutely spiffing. Yes, yes. yes. yeah, dude, mm, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, I appear to have dropped my monocle, sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it, old chap. Let me just get the tea. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... That I'm, gl I'm glad that I'm glad we're all like coping a little bit because it is kind of intense, like what we're going through in England, and like to find some bit of light and some joy that we're all doing is kind of nice, especially because it's you are stuck indoors pretty much, uh, unless you know you go for a two-hour walk and you get looked at when you realise you're singing out loud and you thought you were singing in your head. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I got looked at the other day and it was quite interesting because I was like, why are they look? Oh, I'm singing out loud, aren't I? And some old dear was laughing her head off and then I was like, oh, well, I made her day. That's great. Um, <laughs> so, that is amazing. It is. Uh, I've got some news. I've got some news that I forgot to say. Okay. Go for it. My channel. Yes. Which my little channel, which I started just over a year ago. And it, it's not a lot of Lot of subs, but I just went over a hundred subs yesterday. So hey, well done, buddy. Get really in. proud of that. Um, I'm doing a giveaway, which is probably already going to have been done by the time this airs. But I'm giving away a full set of Avatar Protocols Waves One and Two to the winner, and then the runner-up gets a set of Beast Wars cards that we reviewed recently. They've all been professionally printed by Make Playing Cards. So yeah. they look lovely. Yeah, I can yeah. I can definitely say they are very tasty. My set arrived. 
in a very educational duffel bag. I was like, Dave's either sent me some Coke or he sent me cards. Uh, look at, luckily enough, it was cards, just to let you all know. And uh, yeah, I have to admit, the, these came out amazing. Like the print job on these guys are fantastic. Like really, really good. Like I can understand why yeah, you keep going back to them. Company, they are really good. Yeah. Make playing cards. I know I say it every single time we, we talk about it, but they do do a good job. These ones did take quite a while because DHL stopped coming into England because of the plague. Because of the plague. Uh, it's weeks to arrive rather than normal two. Was. But on the whole, I'm very happy with the print quality. Yeah, um, man. I'm excited to play Coneheads. I'm really, really excited to play Coneheads. And what my video on Saturday, mate? I know. I'm excited. I'm a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like, you've already told me the behind the scenes. So my Saturday routine now is just like, wake up, figure out life, what to do in the day. And oh, yeah, Dave always releases a video on Saturday. So watch that while figure out life. And that's pretty much like my Saturday Saturday days most of the time. Unless I'm editing. Like when you're a kid, you watch Transformers on Roll and Rattle, Whackaday or whatever. And like now, it's like Saturday morning TV, watch some Transformers. percent. There you go. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what, before before we move any further, I will just step in and I will represent the, uh, I'll fly that uh, English flag again, because when Matafa came on this show, I believe, he didn't have a clue what Roland Rat was. No. Um, <laughs> now, now, that, frankly, is a disgrace. <laughs> Yeah, the, funny, the funny thing is I didn't even know what it was also. And then when I had to find the clip for it, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like it's something it like Thunderbirds. Like he goes into minutes. a tent and then he goes down into some sort of hangar that looks like something from a James Bond movie. I was like, I'm in. I don't even know what this show is about, but I'm in. <laughs> it was like two minutes a day salty or something when it was literally you'd get up, eat your cereal, watch Roll and Rap before you went to school. And then, like, the next day you'd watch the next two minutes and it'd... <laughs> one episode over two weeks, something crazy like that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we educate our listeners, I think. And I think I think we should just keep on bringing out more British shows so people can go watch them, because most of them are on YouTube. It's hilarious. Like, just, just genius, genius old stuff that we used to love and adore. So, right. With that being said, then, should we should we get into some ARC talk? Because we seem to have another member. This is the third member, technically. Let's think. Matafer, Wes, Salt. Yeah, you know, it's the third member we've had on. It's becoming a recurring theme. I think the guys like us over there at the ARC. So it's well, third time's the charm. So hopefully this time you'll actually get a decent interview out of one of us. Oh, mate, <laughs> the sass. <laughs> 
<laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. But no, so so Salty, you 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 were a part of the arc and you, you had a, a, a fantastic set. Dave and me completely love this set. We rant and rave about it. Um, I would I would like to know how how was it for you coming at um, at the set because obviously we've asked this to everyone we've had on the podcast recently. Um, what was what was the main themes that you wanted to have in this set? And then was there any like standout characters you're like I need to do this and I will fight tooth and nail for it. So in terms of uh, like characters, um, literally when we when we threw out the idea that we should possibly maybe start making cards. I think the very first thing I did was go, oh, I'm doing Rodimus Prime. Um, <laughs> straight away. Straight away. Mine. I'm doing that. Um, for me, it was, when it came to creating characters, it was literally a case of who is not in the game that criminally is not in the game. Like, who, who have we got that doesn't have a card that absolutely should have a card by now? So for me, that was Rodimus Prime and Scorponok, without gone shadow of a doubt. I was like, these two need to be in this game. So they were the two that, that I went for. Obviously then, by proxy, uh, Lord Zarek, because you have to have Lord Zarek for Scorponok in the, the version I went for. Um, so they were the kind of throw-down cards. I was like, these absolutely have to exist. Um, theme, <laughs> there, was no, there, there was never a... We never decided on an overarching theme for the whole set. It was kind of a combination of, as I've already said, who isn't in the game yet that should already be in the game. Hence, Nick was like, well, I'm doing Galvatron and Cyclonus and, um, you know, all those kind of guys and, and Redgar. Um, and also a combination of trying to then not fix archetypes that don't work, but just try and help them. So obviously we brought in some support for... Uh, the more expensive cards that obviously then certainly helps like combiners and stuff like that and like Omega Supreme got some buffs um, and we tried to semi-fix some of the older characters that we felt were a bit lackluster that shouldn't have been like again like I think everyone and their dog who's been making custom cards has tried to find a way to fix Wave 1 Jazz <laughs> Just for, su for such an important character in Transformers, to, to be given that card that from day one in set one was rubbish and unplayable is, again, a massive crime. And it was like, nah, that needs fixing. Um, but yeah, there was no giant overarching, we need to do this. Wave, wave two, we've kind of, I think... We've already told you what the kind of theme for Wave Two is, right? I'm not spoiling anything there. No, I'm not saying anything I shouldn't be saying. No, you, you you can you just choose your words what carefully, and then I can easily edit them out and just we'll write some sort of embargo and stuff like that. But Dave and me will just be like, "Ooh, that's exciting," <laughs> and no one will ever know. Redacted, as yeah. I say in the video. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so so Wave Two, I believe, I think we've already actually announced that we're we're kind of mirroring Wizards Wave Two, and we're going for a. Uh, combiner themed set. I think, I think we've already said that. <laughs> I hope we've already said that. Yeah. Um, you, you said it on Blue Talk, I believe, on, on the big Blue Talk where you had all the art creators. Yes. See, I think that feels like forever ago now. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't 
remember anything of what we said. But yeah, yeah. So we, we, this time we are actually slightly more focused. Now, not everything is going to be com combined themed because not everything in Wizard set was combined themed. But we're we're a bit more pointed in one direction this time as opposed to just. Oh, again, again, things. The first time round we had. I mean, we still don't really know what we're doing. Let's be honest. But you know, the first time round, this was completely new to all of us, and try. I think trying to push us down one street would have been awkward because we're all trying to work on the same kind of thing, and you know, none, none of us really knew what we were good at creating or designing or how we work well together in certain little mini groups, that kind of thing. So this time we kind of know a bit better. I think what we're doing and what what we shouldn't be doing. So giving us a do this kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's a bit better, I think, this time around. But yeah, so this the next wave two, we've got a bit more of a direction in mind. Yeah, because because you, like like you stated, you you fought tooth and nail for Rodimus Prime. I've come out multiple times and said I'm not a big fan of him, but you've converted me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie with the card. It's very very dangerous. Good, good, good stuff, he good. he he just he gets blown off the board by Galvatron, and that's just always a Vietnam flashback. Sorry. Thanks to Dave. Hey, dude, don't be sorry <laughs> about it. I just was like, oh my god, this. Nineteen. I'm sorry. Yeah, straight up 19. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 19 damage. And that was, yeah, that was a bitter pill to swallow. That was a very bitter pill to swallow. But yeah, um, taking on possibly, I don't know, for, for Dave and me, we, we, we love big boys. We love Titans. We love combiners to, to do Scorponok. Autobots, prepare to feel the sting of Scorponok. <laughs> now possibly i would say one of the most notifying like it's it's kind of iconic because obviously when it comes to giant robots like everyone knows what devastator is because of the color of it everyone remembers there was a giant scorpion thing what what kind of a design aspect from the get-go obviously we've got it now and it's and it's horrific salty i absolutely love him he's amazing um, but what was what was the original ideas behind the idea of Scorponok? Because obviously you wanted him to play a, possibly a little bit different to what other Titans have been, and obviously his counterpart in Fort Max. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that is exactly the, the long and short of it, was this guy is mortal enemies with, with Fort Max, so some similarity there would be good, but too many similarities means he doesn't feel like his own character and it's kind of retreading the same ground so it was getting that balance right of not making him a Fort Max clone but making him feel similar enough thematically um, so making him a big boy with a head that pops off obviously came very very naturally but whereas Fort Max really you don't you don't get into the meat of it until you've popped off Cerebros like Fort Max is fine but when Cerebros pops out that's when all the fun shenanigans start to happen. Whereas with Scorponok, if you get down to Zarok, you're kind of on the back foot now. And it's it's the big the big guy's the focus, and I wanted him to be the focus. I didn't want you to put Scorponok on the table and spend three quarters of the game with Zarok, because that's, that's just not what you want from that. You, you want the big giant green Scorponok, right? And um, we tossed, we kind of messed around with the ideas of what we wanted him to do. And it was actually, um, it was actually Dan who, who made it sort of suggested a we haven't seen a an upgrade set like a complete matching set why don't we do something with that because i know he was looking at uh creating a um a character a set of weaponizer characters that combine it was uh, um but 
so we referenced that idea to me, and we were like, well, let's put that into into the upgrade system for Scorponok. Like, he's got his claws, he's got his tail, he's got the Zarek shield. That's difficult to represent in a character without them being cards of their own anyway. But then, if you're going to do a big full set of upgrades, you've got to make it worthwhile playing them over just whacking grenade launches and force fields down all the time. So, like, they're as upgrades, they're fine. But when you've got all three out, that's when you get the cool buff. And... As Dave would attest in our few games, it's a cool buff, but you're never allowed to keep it. <laughs> no, you definitely not, but it is really cool if you get them all on him. He is an absolute animal, then he just, just kills people. He's really cool. I, I've, I've only played him a handful of times, but I really, really like him. I, what I want to do is, is we're going to have a, a, a Battle of the Titans again, aren't we? At some point, we're going to record um, some games and. You're being Fort Max, if I remember rightly, or am I being Fort Max? I can't remember. I can't remember. There's, it was thrown down. I think I think you said you wanted to be Fort Max just because I was uh, Metroplex last time. But you know the contract. The contract is open for changing. I don't mind. I want to play both. You know me. My opinion on big guys. Uh, give me give me any of them, and I will try and make them work. I love them. So. But no, Scorpion's very very cool. Um, so if you've not tried them out, listeners, just see see. It's it's like a game within a game. I think you said that in your. Um, your preview video that you spoil a bit salty that uh, it's like you know it's kind of like a little game within a game trying to collect all the pieces and get them on him and when you do it's like Ugh. yeah it's good we, we wanted it ha- having a full set of upgrades it needs to, it needs to have a, a reward for doing it otherwise what's the point in doing it you know so that that bonus ps5 ps5 that makes him native ps7 at that point that's a really nice little reward there and like we know Obviously, one of the one of the main issues that people have with the game, and, it, and it's I'm going to put end, air quotes, end state, is that Pierce is very very strong, and I've put out a character that can get Pierce seven. However, the the balance to that is he's one guy; he needs it. <laughs> if you swing and your opponent flips eight blues and you do three damage, and then they attack you with three bots, you're going to lose every time. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think Titans. Uh, definitely need to be killing stuff that they're swinging at. It's like when, when I did the video with Nick the other night, I was running Captain Omega Supreme. So he, again, he's got Pierce 4 native and then you always put Pierce stuff on him generally. He's, um, what's that near the Crusher Claw from the Art Wave 1? That's Pierce 2. So takes him up to Pierce 6. And we get a Noble's Blaster on him as well against a Decepticon or an Energon Act. Like, you want Titans and big boys to be generally, if they swing once, they've got to really hurt an enemy because if they don't, they're just going to go down to multiple attacks. Yeah, again, yeah. it's that thing of if I'm if I'm paying 25 stars and my team is one big character with a head and I swing out and I attack Brawn and do like four damage to Brawn, that's really, that, that feels really bad. That does not feel fun. No. <laughs> you know, that's, you, that's, that's the payoff you have for having the big characters. You hit really hard but then you are a big target and you're going to have to take those multiple hits but yeah if you swing out and do nothing against a really cheap character it just doesn't feel right titans should That's hit it. hard yeah they should and they should feel epic and they should feel like this monstrosity that comes down and just goes like oh hi hi soda can squash now you're a dead soda can that's what it should feel like and yeah, yeah he does i think talking about it comes back to so definitely one of my standout cards from Art Wave 1 is definitely Resilience. Um, that, 
that card has helped combiners, titans, Omega Supreme, you know, the, the promo Omega Supreme is still, I'm trying to make him work, but I'm, I'm failing. <laughs> but, you know, Resilience is such a key card, isn't it, from the Art Wave one? Yeah, so funny enough, actually, it feels like a card we should be releasing in the new wave, but we wanted that help out there as soon as possible, really, for the big guys, because, again, it was just... At the, at the current state the game was in, almost none of the combiner teams were worth running. Like, one or two you could get away with, and even then it was inconsistent. Like, I mean, like, Carl, obviously, for from the arc as well he runs a really really strong sentinel a really good sentinels deck um but he's like you know what i mean he's like the um uh, what's the word oh oh I've forgotten how to english <laughs> <laughs> oh, i've lost it um yes yeah, so he's the counterpoint to the, the usual rule how we say it um, exception that's the word the except there it is there it is that's the word I've been, I've been locked down for a long time, all right? It's yep. No stimulation, my mind is disappearing. No, yeah, so he, he's the exception to the rule, I think, in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Um, so we needed that help out there. And like you say, the Titans weren't doing particularly brilliant, so they needed a bit of support. So having that resilience out there in Wave 1 just kind of... It, it makes them playable. It, re it really does make a big difference. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I I think it's it's yeah. Like we're going to talk about later about cards that like have found their home in decks. That is um, a possible two or even three in most combiner decks or any either kind of Titan deck because it's just so key. It's just super cool and super yeah. It's probably my favorite card of the whole set to be honest. Um, <laughs> so yeah i'm in mean, forever much debt of you guys just helping out the big boys because it was sad pandas whenever they combined because whenever they did they, they didn't have a lot of health and this card just really does benefit them and helps them out a mechaton so um dave have you got any questions for salty while we have him here so with the art wave one what was your favorite character that came out of the design process not necessarily from from your own cards but as you played with the cards and tested them over the design process what was your sort of favorite character or characters so most of the stuff that i like ends up not being overly competitive but then i am captain jank so that's obviously the case um i as, as simple as he is i i had a lot of fun with king grimlock <laughs> Nice. Just going, hey, here's like three quarters of the points of my team. I got a really high attack, but I have ball three. Let's have some fun. Um, <laughs> it's it's dumb and it's over the top, but it, like, like that's that's Ken Grimlock in a nutshell, right? Um, obviously, the I mean, having high attack, having ball three is crazy, but the downside of that is he costs most of your points. And he's 14, isn't he? He's 14 stars. Yeah. yeah, he's 14. If you want to run his his sword, then that's going to take it up to, you know, about 16 stars. You know, yeah, you, but... at, at which point you're running out of team. <laughs> if you're playing King Grimlock, you've got to have his, his sword in. So who, who, who would you be thinking of putting with King Grimlock, you know, who, who in the testing games? Who was your sort of... Because if you're going 16, you've only got nine stars left. So who were you putting with him? So, funnily enough, at the point where I was testing him, um, the sword wasn't finalised yet. 
the sword, well, I say finalised, the sword we haven't, we hadn't got taken to the testing uh, stage yet. So I tested him without the sword. I, I now can't remember who I paired him with, but I took him blue. Um, I paid him, I paid him blue with uh, Energon swords, uh, which obviously come out in this wave as well, and um, Energon axes and thermal weaponries. Yeah. Because I... thermal weaponry on King Grimlock with Bold 3 is disgusting. <laughs> so I pierce um, everything. I just hit you for everything. Every turn. Yeah. Well, you get to go cool. I'll, uh, I'll play Steady Shot and then I'll whack a um, thermal weaponry on him and I'll whack. And I get all the pierce in the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I think he's a bit less consistent than just making him orange aggression and obviously it's it's King Grimlock because you should play him orange right but yeah he, he was actually quite interesting to play blue because again if you've only got him and not a lot of other characters to play with because he's so expensive actually going blue means he's got more chance to stick around and you can play him a little bit longer um, but I actually can't remember who I paired him with now when I was doing the blue train blue testing for him um, it was some tough guys and stuff like that I think a couple of bit of piercey bits, but I, I played in blue black pierce mostly. Awesome, yeah. I hadn't even thought of going blue with Grimlock. I, I see bold, I'm like orange, everything orange, black, just rah, hit them hard. But like you say, on the counter swing, you generally take a pounding so Grimlock can go down quite quickly because although he's got a lot of health, like if you don't have a fourth build or something else to mitigate the damage, he, he can take a pounding. So that's really interesting. Um, to look at him from a blue perspective, because I hadn't even thought of that. Well, yeah, if you, again, if you've got the third weaponry on him and you play blue-black, then every card that's that's a blue-black pairing is effectively pierced too. Mm. I'm writing all this down, by the way, it's like blue-black. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all like, what is that scribbling in the background? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is that scribbling going on in the background? Oh, it's just Dave taking notes. I see, I see, I see how it's going. I see, I see the shenanigans. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. On, on top of that, I mean, I know, I know it's somewhat biased, but obviously I, I really, I do enjoy playing with Rodimus. The, fun thing, the funny thing with Rodimus is I don't think I've won a match with him yet. Um, I think I've lost every single match I've played with him. Um, <laughs> But I enjoy, I enjoy playing him because again, it's very. Uh, so it's, it's, this is kind of a Hearthstone reference if we played Hearthstone. I used to like playing um, Paladin decks that spam out the little one-one guys, and you play all the buff cards, so your one-one suddenly become two twos, three threes, four fours, five fives, and that's kind of what um, Rodimus does. Because you, you have him, and then you don't you take a stratagem. You've only then got. You know, like, not a lot of points left. You've got 12 points left then for your team, 12 stars, sorry. So you can't take big, heavy hit teammates. So you have two smaller guys. But then if you can get those matrixes on him, all of a sudden, if you get all three down, then all of a sudden those teammates are hitting for plus three, pierce three. Yeah. And if you if you can give them a pierce weapon, then all of a sudden you're, you're just getting... I seem to have gone pierce heavy for some reason in a, in a pierce meta, but um, I remember having a game against um, it's Adam. Adam was um, testing uh, Nora and the Sharktacons, 
and he played the Pierce Heavy deck. And I played Pierce Heavy Rodimus, and we'd had this amazing, like, best of five series. Um, every match was, like, really tight, uh, and, it, and it ended up being a three, it went all the way down to the wire, like, three games to two, and the last game went 2-1 as well, like, super tight games. And it was just, like, Adam just couldn't believe, he was like, oh, like, like say, oh, Rodimus is going to be a big problem here. And it wasn't. It was me swinging out with, like, um, gears, I think. I, I pissed him with gears. <laughs> I love it. And I was swinging out with gears and doing like six or seven PS six or seven, and he's like, "That's gross." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not Rodimus you got to look at. It's what he does for the team. He's a buff character. He's a very expensive buff character." Um, but that might also be why I keep losing all my games with him because you probably shouldn't play him that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who do I pair him with? I paired Rodimus with um, Bumblebee from R Wave One and Brawn. And then I find the stars then to take spotlight and some of the touch because yeah. that's really naughty with Rodimus and Bumblebee because they're both leaders. Yeah. So yeah, like I really like Rodimus. He's really really good fun to play. Yeah, I mean I, I run in with Bumblebee now. Um, so again, at the time when I was, we were trying not to throw too many at the start, and we were testing. We we're trying not to throw too many of our characters together. You need to do an equal ba- balance of how they play with old cards, how they synergize with the new cards. Um, so my initial build, I didn't have him with Bumblebee, but uh, I do now because again, it's, he's, it gives you a bit more flexibility with your teammates. And the the sort of one downside that that deck has really is card draw. So whacking Bumblebee in there immediately fixes that problem. Yeah. He's great for he's great for that card advantage, and especially like because Rodimus and him can both benefit from start your engines and stuff, so you can flip the bat, draw some cards, get a matrix, and just 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 rinse repeat, and it's 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 got a lot of synergy there. It's a really 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 I, I love Rodimus, and I, you you played Rodimus against me as well, didn't you, Lee? And like I so said, I know I hit you for nineteen, but. He, he was good in your build because you you pair him with Magnus. Yeah, I got the big boys back together. Yeah, um, I kind of re- redefined that deck with obviously the boys on this channel, which I've done and I played and had much success, except against Galvatron. But you know, it's a good fun deck. <laughs> it's just I don't. The, the craziest thing with me is I don't play him with his strat. Like it really, the strat is hilariously in my like sideboard just because um, I think Magnus with Magnus armor is bonkers good. And then somehow if you put that on Rodimus at some point, it can just be like, what? like people just catch people off guard. Um, but I have played with the strat and the strat does make Rodimus much, much better for that. But at the point, the whole idea of the deck of the boys was, I'm just going to hit you for over probably double digits every single turn. Cause we're big and we don't care and we just want to smash your face in and that's pretty much what the idea from the deck was um but i might need to go back to him i i've 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 kind of dabbled in him and prowl from wave one just because prowl i i like prowl one i think from wave one i think he's great um hopefully he'll get a new incarnation because obviously yeah we got him in i think in wave three we got another prowl and it was just kind of like he's not bad but he's not great he's kind of like Meh. Um, so hopefully, you never know. Maybe further, further down the line, other card creators out there are working on prowls because, yeah, uh, on our channel historically, D hates him. Uh, I don't like him for a certain run in the Wreckers, but overall, I don't mind Prowl. I think he's pretty cool. But then again, Cars isn't my wheelhouse. Everyone knows this. No pun intended. There, um, Dave. Dave is just the Cars man of this channel. And if I ever need to figure out cars, 
I'm just like, Dave, what do I do? What 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 needs to be put in these cars decks that works? Because yeah, I play other things that fly and that are ranged and that are big that aren't cars. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, you, you and your ranged characters. Love them. You and your ranged. Yeah. That's but, my yeah, I, I think Rodimus is, is really really cool. Um, Lee, Lee, what what's been your favourite character so far from from the Art Wave one that you've been playing with? Man, that's hard because. It's not really a wave. It's not really the art characters. It's more the battle cards I've been playing with more. Like, I've been enjoying playing Captain Omega Supreme. Like, the battle cards for him in your first wave, Salty, is just amazing. Like, I'm super excited because we kind of, like, poked Wes with a stick and he kind of put it out there that other characters are also going to have kind of, like, themed weapons, which is what, you know, you remember from the show. Like, that person has this, that person has that. Um... But characters, ooh, um, it's kind of hard because I, I, like I've said, I've only just started playing again. But like, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just me, but it's like Scorponok is one I want to definitely try next. Like it's on, it's, on the, it's on the to build list. Like the hilarious to build list is Scorponok, Coneheads, something else. Like literally, I just want to keep working along lines i'm kind of like dave which is terrible like i don't have a specific deck half the time i play it for a little bit and then i'm like i'm bored i want to move on like i'm even looking at blooming living weapon again because i'm a madman like it keeps getting i keep like getting pulled in by that guy um but yeah like characters i there's so many good ones like bumblebee like we keep saying matter for created like another ridiculous amazing five-star card that is a pretty much a staple if you are playing with art cards if you are playing cards you need to play that bumblebee it's ridiculous um yeah uh, i i i think i think that's i, f- I feel really bad because i'm just like a cop out that i don't really haven't really played with any of the characters it's more the battle cards battle yeah well it's all the omega supreme stuff i freaking i love i love all the omega supreme stuff like that's one that i've gone literally head over heels with because i'm like I love Omega Supreme and the three part combiner was kind of like, yay, it works, but it's also kind of trash. It's not as competitive as I thought it was going to be. And then, well, the promo, <laughs> we all know how that turned out. Um, so, you know, he it, it's it's kind of interesting, but... There, there is a fair few battle cards because I think that's one thing we were going to talk about, like obviously later, or we could move into it now, which was like what cards from the arc have you found that are slipping into pretty much every single deck you make? And obviously, one for me, which seems to be a crazy staple because Dave played it in that Galvatron deck that I'm always having Vietnam flashbacks over, is Scan the Vaults. Like that card is. It's replaced pep talk for me. It's replaced a lot of card draw uh, for me in most of my decks because of how awesome that mechanic is of just, yeah, you get value of cards in the graveyard, which uh, like Wizards never really did anything like that in the Transformers, like uh, of their span of the game. Uh, And it just seemed like a really like, it's it's kind of a magic-y kind of feel because like, Obviously, like in Magic the Gathering, you always had cards that basically bought stuff back from the graveyard or play stuff from the graveyard. That card just 
opens up card design and card draw for this game, which really doesn't hurt you. Uh, and it really puts a new design aspect into building your decks now because you don't mind not picking it up if it's like got a green. As long as I keep one in hand and I know two are in my graveyard, at that one turn, I can I can draw three cards. That's amazing. That's That's as good as universal... Is it universal networking or whatever it's called? Universal network access. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 on it's on it's that those three of those cards are on on par with a star card, which is just ridiculous. Like, so much value, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's, it was one of the things that when we were designing the set, we sort of went, what what have they not explored yet that doesn't require us to make massive fundamental changes to the game um, or rules in order to use because like every set kind of brought in a new kind of mechanic kind of thing we weren't at the point where we wanted to start making new keywords or anything like that because um, again it was our first first dive in and we kind of thought well there's not really a lot of interaction with the scrap pile there's like one or two cards or characters that are based on how many double oranges that are in the scrap pile I think something like that but nothing nothing major so obviously we've got scan the vault we've got trithelium plating uh sideswipe Regar, you know all these guys let you interact with the scrap pile whereas beforehand it wasn't really a thing um so we kind of put that in there and I, it's, it's nice to know that that's uh that people like that that's good that's nice <laughs> <laughs> like i i i think you you saw how strong that card was when we played the <laughs> It's, it's so such a good card. And you can let the first one whiz by. You don't have to pick it up. You go, well, the second one that comes around is a Pepton. Third one's a UNA. It's, it's mm -hmm. a really, really strong card. I'm definitely in my top five for the set, I think. Yeah. I think my number is constantly increasing as I seem to like look at more of the cards because I'm like, oh, that's definitely my favorite. Oh, that's definitely my favorite. Oh, that's wow. How many favorite? I've got quite a long list now. That's all of a sudden becoming favorites. You know, it's always always expanding. Um, but I think you touched on it there, Salty, with one of the other cards, like Trifilium Painting. I think is just well, if you want, if you're going against Pierce and everyone knows Pierce is a problem, just play Trilithium Plating and just give, you know, the Austin 316 two middle fingers up to Pierce decks. Like, that's what you do. Like, you just have too much fun with that card. And again, it like, like, like with Scan the Vaults, it just benefits you having something in the graveyard and it is stupid with captain um no not captain Fi uh, jetfire the original wave one jetfire it is stupid with him which is amazing and so you know that's that seems to be a staple in a lot of your decks as well isn't it dave yeah try try is, is probably my favorite card in wave one i think it addresses so many of the problems that the game state was left in by wizards um and if you get it and it sticks, it is incredibly hard to get through that end game character. Um, and like you said, with Jetfire, um, synergy there is incredible. And it's cool that Jetfire's the artwork. I don't know if that was intentional. So so that was entirely intentional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it, it, it really is a strong card. And it'd be interesting to see because there's a tournament ongoing. We, we were hoping to talk about it tonight, weren't we? But it's not finished yet. Which yeah. is a kind of major tournament that has included the Art Wave one as part of the carpool. That's the Eye of the Matrix hosted by is it Team PTSD, isn't it? Yes. Yep. 
because I emailed them the other day and they're like, it's not finished and I don't have any stats for you. I was like, mm. <laughs> um, I'd be really interested to see what's come out of that, whether trithelium and blue decks, because I've been running trithelium with Major Shockwave and it is absolutely disgusting on him. Like he's sat there in spaceship mode with six armor, minus six beers. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was one of them things that again, when we were like, you know, saying like we well we need to fix this character or change this character or buff this character, we we're obviously like, what do we do about Pierce? And it was, it's one of the trickiest ones to do because you don't want you don't want to put something in that just permanently kills it. Um you have got to balance it to a degree. So we were like, we'll make it an up make it an armor. First thing we'll do is we'll make it an armor, because armor has seems to have the most removal in the game to get rid of. Um, so you can you can disrupt it and we made it a blank so that when you flip it unless you're playing like uh, uh, Skywarp from that particular way so then it's not it's it's not benefiting you on your flips either so like that, as a kind of way to, to try and balance it out and yes obviously you can play two in one turn but you, again you only get that effect if you play it from your hand if you, if you top deck with like a uh, metal detector, you don't get the second one from your scrap pile, all those kind of things. So we, we, we did a, a lot of messing around with it to see how it felt. Um, the I think the original version was plus two armor, and it didn't even that didn't even make it past the concepting stage. That was <laughs> no, that's dumb. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the plus the plus one, we were like, mm, do we put a plus one armor or do we not? And at that point, we were like, well, there's already an upgrade which is blank, which negates Pierce two. Um, you know, it's, it's it's almost the same card, but again, uh, there's a lot of obviously discussions about power creep and that kind of thing, and it's like, oh, but isn't Trifillion playing just that card, but better in every way? Yes, in that particular instance, it is. However, nobody plays that card. Lit literally, nobody runs that card. So. I did in we a don't really feel that bad in that case about replacing that card entirely because no one ran it anyway so yeah. you know <laughs> I run it in like Captain Omega Supreme to begin with because it was like yeah it's kind of annoying when that big guy gets pierced down but that was probably the only time I ever used it because it was kind of those cards where it was like it's a black pip that's cool but it's very niche but it could be really cool if you did do the stupid bonkers play of taking that upgrade that allows you another armor slot so you could run two. But then at that point, you're like, well, that just seems really blooming pointless. And I think, yeah, Trithidium definitely addresses that problem. And like you said, the, ba the bashing shield's there. So, like, but I like how you made it so when you play it from your hand, you get another one. So a bashing shield doesn't just instantly wreck you. You've still got a bit of a chance against them, so I, I, I think it's a very, very strong card. Definitely in my top five for our way one. Mm. I mean, again, let's face it: if you've got the right setup, if you've got Galvatron on your team, you can get rid of three in one go because you can flip him and scrap one, play a ramming speed, and play a bashing shield, and they're all gone. Yeah, <laughs> there are ways. I think that's the one I thing. Never ever do anything like that ever. I feel, I feel like that's one of the things though isn't it like when people see something like that they go like oh this is a problem this is a problem but there are ways to deal with it and you just gotta get those hilarious plays sometimes but there are ways of doing it like 
like I've like I've like in my like Omega Supreme build, like disarms in there. That's a really horrible card that makes everyone cry who has Trifillion Plating loaded up. Like, oh yeah, that oh oh what what yeah, you know, you, it gives life to other cards that you know have removal uh, possibilities that they didn't get a lot of love or they got completely forgotten about because of you know they got lost in the shuffle. Like literally, they did. I am. Um... My Captain Starscream deck absolutely loves Trithillion playing on the opposing team. Please, please keep playing them. I yeah. will keep removing them and causing damage for you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Definitely. That's another one of my favourites, actually. And I've only got to try the King once, and that was on our channel. I did King Starter Scream and the Ghost. And just the cape, it's just so much fun. When, it, when, it go, when he's got the cape and the crown, you're like, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, but that cape just buffing. A lot of the star screens that really need a little bit of help is really cool, and I think it's quite clever how you designed that so it didn't buff Air Commander. Yeah, it could have been naughty Air Strike Patrol with Air Command. If the caper buffed that damage, that would be horrible. Well, I wouldn't have yeah, complained. No, we, were, we, we, were, we were very, very, very careful to make sure that that didn't get buffed. <laughs> I, I, I honestly wouldn't have complained. I would have said you guys have made the best thing ever created. You know, to be honest. Um, I will always go down in history going, I've made a really stupid deck that no one seems to understand. And then Wreck and Rawl published it on their channel. And I was like, oh no, now everyone's getting, literally everyone at the tournament I went to was like, oh, you're playing the uh, Wreck and Rawl deck. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to tell you now, I made this before Wreck and Rawl. And I was going to put it on my channel before Wreck and Rawl. They just beat me to the punch. <laughs> How dare they, you know? But, um, yeah, I, I think Captain, like you were saying, Captain Starscream from, it's wave three, isn't it? Or is it wave four? With three. The, yeah. Three. With, the, with the upgrade removal with that cape is just hilarious. Like, stupid fun. Stupid fun. Well, yeah, again, it's, it, I mean, given, given that the card, given that the cape is designed by me and Joe, who are the biggest Starscream fans in the arc, there's obviously some bias towards that card. I obviously love this card very much. I love Starscream. Like we we again we got a complaint about um, the, the cape on Captain Starscream. Like oh, but then that's you're flipping him and doing three damage, and that's that's a lot of damage for moving upgrades. And you go, it, it is, yeah. Can you also notice that I'm playing Captain Starscream yeah. finally? Yeah. Because yeah. no one plays that card. No, you know? not, not great. He was one of the first characters I opened. So I started at wave three. I kind of, like, it passed me by a bit. And I saw the guys playing down the shop. I've said, told the story many times. But when I was in, in my hometown of Crawley, when I went to see my mum and dad um, in July 2019, wave three had not long been out. And I was like, Oh, what the hell, I'll buy a few packs. I think I bought four boosters and the Wave 2 starts deck, which was a mistake because it's rubbish. But my four boosters yielded Captain Starscream and General Megatron. Yeah. So I was like, I'm in. And I was so sad when Captain Starscream was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, he's one of them characters that you look, you read his cards and you see his stats and you go, oh, oh, that's pretty good. And then you play him and then go, oh, actually, it's, it's not that great. Mm -hmm. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so the, the capes for that, like, I, funnily enough, when uh, during a lot of the testing, me and Joe had built very, very similar decks to test the cape. Um, I've done a King Starscream deck. I've done 
um, the Captain Starscream deck. He, his Captain Starscream deck is almost the same as mine, um, with some slight difference. I, think, actually, I believe there's an article on the website about it and how I, what I build the deck and how I play it. Um, but yeah, actually being able to make characters that never see play get play without having to fundamentally change them again is because obviously you can do stratagems but with we with starscream we thought that's that's there's like five starscreams and they're all crap how do we how do we address that situation you know <laughs> um so we made the cape but again even even as huge starscream fans even we when we we can't we can't have it buff air commander we've got to figure out We've got to figure out how to work. Carl, Carl, how do we word this? <laughs> he got so many headaches. He's like, oh, no, I can't. Oh, no. Because, again, the the buffing uh, buffing numbers in the text box, if we just left it as that sentence without other cards and things like that don't work, because the, the technical way the game works, playing a weapon that gives your character balls too, Technically, that bold two is added to the character's text box. So, if we hadn't written that specific line on the cape, every upgrade you play with a number attached to it would get buffed. Also, bold three. Oh wait, 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 wait. Also, black icons give you pierce. So each one gives you pierce one. So. If you that again gets added to your text box, so you'd attack, flip two black icons, that's PS2. The cape would make that PS3. Yeah. We were like, Carl, how do we, and he was like, oh, wait a minute, hang on, it's even harder than I thought it was. Wait, 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 wait. And it took a lot of messing around and wording, but we had to, again, and it was also like specifically abilities that had a number, because that meant that it didn't affect air commander. It was such a headache to do, but. In the end, we think it worked out okay. It's true. I th- yeah. I th- it is a testament, though, to to looking at characters like what you've done with Wave 1 and giving them buffs. Like, Salty is the biggest, like he's already said, he's the biggest fan of Starscream, and he's also fe- followed that sentence up like, his cards are trash, but how can we make them good? And Cape certainly doesn't make uh, Starscream, you know, top tier or whatever, but he's playable and fun again. Which, you know, at one point in Wave 2, everyone who owned a, um, you know, King Starscream, that deck scared a lot of people. Just saying as all. Um, but it's kind of nice to breathe breathe life back into characters. And it's kind of fun to see. Because he's so iconic. Come on, he's got that weird voice that basically is Cobra Commander. You know, he has one of the most iconic deaths ever as well. And he's always a scheming idiot that no one can really trust. You know, it's just perfect because it's like, yeah, he's my right hand man. But any any point right now in his left hand, he's got a knife that wants to stab me in the back. It's just so iconic. Yeah, he, he's great. He, he's great. And I really, for me, like one of my favorite characters that I've been playing with was the ghost. Because he, he's just such an incredibly cool character. Like when, when he comes out, um, his his tap down ability is really really good. Well, I just really like the fact he made starter screen playable. Again, funnily enough, that was again we got a bit of negative feedback in the sense of like, oh, but his ghost star screen is is way too powerful with 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 five star starter star screen. And we're like, okay, good. <laughs> that 
That means people are playing starter star screen. No one plays that card. It's rubbish, right? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> He's really, really good with the ghost. And the thing with the thing with the ghost, a lot of people when you look at it is you are sacrificing seven stars at the start of the game. So you like I ran in with the king. So I had king, ghost, and starter screen. You're going too wide in a format with Titans and all that sort of stuff. So Ghost Starscream should be bloody good. You know, he shouldn't be doing something crazy. And that tap-down ability is really good. I remember I was playing against Claire on the channel, and I was just tapping Galvatron. I was like, tap him. He's never going to attack. Unless you swing him with him first, he ain't doing nothing for the entire match. And he's good. But not busted. Like, you know, he, he's, he's got no armor. He's a ghost. He's Zero on me, he'll die. The other thing as well, um, with his tap down ability, once you get down to one on one, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's At like, that point, he's basically a blank character. That's it. I'll tap you once and then, oh, you go first and hit me anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a really, really good good piece of design. I think for me, one of my favourite cards, like, I'm playing this in a lot of decks, not, not necessarily because of its text, which is good, but because it's such a versatile card, and that's Assault Formation. And I think there was a lot of outcry when you spoiled that card about, oh my god, it's going to be busted. It's not. It's it's really good, because it's very versatile. And I really like it, because it's, it's the tricolour pips, it's the polar opposite of Wedge Formation, and it just it's really interesting. And you don't even have to like look at the specialist side of it, but you can, like, just having a blue pit card that gives you the bold so like backup beam you've got another choice of getting that bold too for a melee character and I love the moving damage and the flipping the specialist is crazy but I don't always run teams with a specialist yes it could be horrible with Perceptor but let's just ignore Perceptor for a minute because I don't always run him because he's really really horribly good <laughs> um, Assault Formation like because you did have a bit of a hoo-ha over that didn't you uh, yeah, again, basically, basically for exactly what you just said, people looked at it and went, oh, that's too strong, it does too much good stuff, and we, we were kind of, kind of surprised, but I suppose again, because we've been playing the card, but we were kind of surprised at the outcry against it, because, and again, it's that thing of, we, we, we say a lot, is that people see a card, react to it, but they haven't played it yet. Guilty. And, they play, and, we, and we've all done it. We've all gone, yep. that card looks rubbish, or that card looks amazing. And then you get it, and you build around it, and you go, it's not doing what I wanted it to do, or it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, and I think Assault Formation was was probably one of the ones that people reacted to the most, thinking that card's absolutely bonkers. But again, I, I, I'm with you in the sense that it, it does some nice stuff. But like, so does Wedge Formation. If you can get it out and play it on more than one character, it's great. That's what those cards are, you know, are the best at. But I think the, the main complaint came with flipping a specialist. And people got really angry because of Perceptor. And the and the, the counter rugged we had to that was we I appreciate you have to take into account other characters when you build cards and how they interact. But to not make that card because it was really powerful with one specific character who is has always been a problem since he existed let's be honest he's always been very 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 strong like yeah. we we can't do that there's a, a lot of cards that we were again during the design process and testing we were like oh but then if you play that with horrible it'll do this but oh but if you play this with fangry it'll do this and we're like 
if we if we apply that argument to every card we make, we'll make like five cards because it just everything becomes too scary of a prospect. Yeah, that's that's exactly what Wes said. It, it makes designing very difficult. Wave five made card design very difficult, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, Wes, Wes said it in one of our interviews. Like, you, we live in an environment where there's characters that are very powerful, uh, but you shouldn't be afraid of that. Like, if you think about it, the most one of the most powerful weapons that is still in the game today is grenade launcher. You, grenade launcher is one of the most busted, brilliant things I've ever seen in my life. To just to give it to a small head that has an attack of two to then just go, oh yeah, now I'm six and then I'm going to do something else and just you play a card that's bold or you're running a bold deck and all of a sudden this little head that's doing jack for the whole of the game other than buffing up a big guy all of a sudden hits you for like 10 or 11. You're like, huh? No one complains about grenade launcher. I laugh when I see a grenade launcher because it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's amazing. But I think I feel we just like you said we live in an environment where there's cards that will always be around like no one's I think everyone's kind of forgot that yeah sure it flips a specialist can we all remember that card that was really good at one time oh yeah Springer Springer loves that card but no one no one seems to play him anymore because of certain cards being banned and stuff but you know no it's just because one guy who no joke is just a microscope it's very random i'm not gonna lie in the whole universe of things just kind of makes that card a little bit amazing but like you said we live in a world you don't be afraid to design things like you guys also made rush cannon like everyone's like this is stupid this doesn't make any sense i'm like i'm gonna play it with sound blaster because that's just a perfect fit and it has got a down draw to it and wes has talked about it in our interview it does have a downfall but you, we live in an environment where cards already exist. And if you're afraid to design cards that are, you know, are going to make other characters better, possibly, then, yeah, screw it. Do it. Honestly, what's the worst thing that can happen? People will just tell you, like, oh, it's busted. It's completely broken. Then you can easily tweak it, but still release it. Like, I think it was one of your salty got, like, wasn't it the weaponizer Megatron or something? that it got errated and I didn't even know. And Dave was like, it's already been errated because there was one wording thing or something wrong with it. And I was like, oh, I just was excited to see that Salty designed a gun, Megatron, that's cool. And then the the, the play that I forget someone told me, I was like, oh yeah, OPBB out, that can be pretty naughty. <laughs> yeah, that, that and again, Springer. Um, just being able to, oh, I'll keep flipping and drawing and getting the, getting the infinite recycle card that I need. Um, yeah, so so I what, what what I did in a, in a typical card designer fashion was shift all the blame onto Wes. Funnily enough, um, <laughs> because because the the Megatron can't be released in his broken state is very different to the original version of that card that I drew up, um, and basically the argument that Wes had was I don't like how easy he is to get rid of. He's Megatron. I, I agree. You know, he shouldn't be ramming speeded away. This is this is Megatron. You know, so we made tweaks to that. The, the problem with making tweaks to that is we didn't necessarily see that combo, and none of us none of us thought about it when it came to testing it. And this, this is the issue you'll have is that you can't test every single combination. That's why Wizards ban their own cards because even they miss combinations. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and yeah, it was just something we overlooked. And um, funny enough, the, the problem, the solution to that problem was something we discussed before we released the card and knew it was a problem in the 
first place. We were like, should it just be Decepticons? And we're like, ah, uh, yeah, but then Prime has used the gun in the past. And this is, again, I think I think Matt actually had this kind of conversation with you when he was on, was you can get too engrossed in your theme and it can hurt card design. And that's kind of what happened to us. We were like, well, who's used him? Okay, well, they need to have access to that card then. So it needs to be worded thusly. And that's what caused the issues. The two main characters that were causing the problems were these two Autobot characters that originally he wasn't intended to go on to. You know? um, but we changed that, and we also made him come back tapped, I think. The very original version, um, because I wasn't making a Starscream card, because obviously Joe was making Starscream, um, my version was very, very different. The, the original version was the... Um, the bot mode text is exactly the same. If you if you PTT him, you get to do some damage on a white bot. Um, originally, he only came back if he was on a star screen, um, and you had to KO uh, a PTT from your scrap pile to bring him back. Um, but it was a lot. It was a, it was very limited how often you would get him back that way. And like Wes said, you could just oh ramming speed, he's gone. Like, oh. Yeah, that's rubbish. And obviously, he only worked if he was on the star screen. So I, I was going for my childhood-themed version of star screen uses Megatron, right? So that's what the card should say. Obviously, loads of the people have, have wielded him, but that's that's how I went. And it just we, and obviously the card then got changed from there on. But yeah, we 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 saw the problem with it. We um, went back to the testing and we're like, really? I'm not sure how that's gonna work. Played it and went, oh, oh no, it does work. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, we should change that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a really good thing that you, you guys have been quick to respond to that. There was another card that had a bit of a an NPE interaction, which was the Star Screens Brigade and Infinite Brawl. A lot of what happens is, uh, and this, this is a very much a miniature a miniature wargaming term as well, but it tends to get thrown around a lot, which is rules as written versus rules as intended. Um, we never intended for multiples of the same character to be brought in it was something that we never thought about um because that wasn't the intention of the card the card is to potentially get construct get bruticus out and have starscream you know um so we never even looked at the prospect of well what if you just keep bringing the same character in and of course someone mentioned it and we were like well yeah you can do that but that's a setup and it takes a tap ability and i can't yeah, you can get these guys out, but they haven't got much health. I can't see it being particularly effective. And then it was like, oh, okay, it is, it is actually kind of rubbish. Like, it's not an amazing deck, but it's just not fun to play against. And it was one of those decks that would just go to time at a tournament, and then you'd have more health left, so you'd win. You know, and we were like, oh, okay, yeah, that needs to be sorted out. But that's, that's more of a kind of an overlook on our site for just not really thinking of the card being used in that fashion to be honest yeah because i think dave and me both agreed that we never even thought of infinite brawls because we assumed it would be oh wow we're just going to try and get bruticus and starscream on the board not like infinite spam out like you know brawls um even swindles and stuff like that and I, that never crossed my mind i only saw that stratagem as like you get to try and build bruticus and starscream on the board I'm in. That's a cool, like, janky, awesome, fun uh, stratagem that I would love to try out. Yeah, I, I was the same. I was like, I'm just going to recreate 
the episode, Starscream's Brigade, where he runs onto Cybertron, nicks the Combaticons' personality matrices, and puts them in rusty old World War II vehicles on <laughs> Combaticons! Transform! Brawl! Swindle! Blast off! Vortex! And Onslaught! Who are you? And what are we doing in these crude carcasses? Yes, I wouldn't want to be seen by anyone I know in this getup. I am Starscream, and I just freed your hides from the Decepticon Detention Center on Cybertron. In return, I command you to assist me in dethroning Megatron. And just Bill Rudicus there and then, and it all goes wrong for him anyway, because he ends up getting... So like Cybertron or something. Oh no, it's an asteroid. Asteroid. It? It's an asteroid. Well, it's just thanks. It's thanks to my boy Menasaur. That's why, bro. The punks finally did something. That's what I'm saying, man. I love those guys. Megatron's in trouble. Who cares? It looks like Starscream's defeated him. So, so you think Starscream's gonna stop here? Good point. He never knows when to quit. Finally, show up and save everyone's bacon. Amazing, those guys. So, um, all right then, moving, moving into to Wave 2. Obviously, you know, you guys are um, working in the shadows on Wave 2, and it was kind of exciting whenever we downloaded the... Obviously, guys, if you haven't downloaded Wave 1, please go download it. It's awesome set. It's free. It's fantastic. Um, you kind of give a little bit of a spoiler, obviously, at the end of it, saying Wave 2 coming soon. Um, obviously, you've talked a little bit about the combiners and stuff like that. Is there anyone, obviously not trying to... You can go incognito, kind of like what uh, Wes did with some of the, the fun stuff that we interviewed him and obviously Matafa did. Um, is there anyone that you're working on currently, um, uh, Salty, that you're excited about and that is a little bit different and uh, a unique take, should we say, on a character? I'm currently working on... Uh a character that already exists in the game, but a new version of said character. Um, because it's, I'll, I'll, I'll give some very slight hints, which I'll be very, very slight, but um, it's a character that I really like, who I think is, it's a very important character to me. I, the character is one of my favorite characters. Um, and I felt that the current representation of that character in the game is very lackluster. Uh, cool concept, but in in application it ends up not being particularly effective, and no one runs said character. So I'm working on a new version of that. It plays very differently. I am also working on a accompanying battle card for said character. Cool. Um, which will then obviously also work on the existing version of said character. Nice. Um, so I've had to kind of work on that and make sure it doesn't break the other one as well and things like that. But it's it's going to have uh, some interaction with a existing mechanic that is also somewhat underused. I'm, going to try, I'm trying to push a character and push a mechanic at the same time. Cool, that's really <laughs> Doing cool. the best best I can awesome. with that one. Um, there is also a group of characters that I'm working on. Um, who ideally will synergize well together. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say much more than that, other than obviously with multiple groups making cards, there's bound to be some crossover for releases, isn't there? So um, 
I may have come up with the idea quite a while ago, and somebody else may have beaten me to the release. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> we don't want you to get into trouble. We don't want to pry. That's how, that's how we are. We don't want to. We don't want to step on anyone's toes. But that's exciting. That's really cool. I'm excited for an existing character, and you're trying to push a mechanic as well, because that's a cool like design aspect. Obviously, it's like you're trying to push a mechanic and also something new as well, which is I can understand that could be quite a, an interesting design aspect, because obviously you got to find that right balance and also that feel. I'm assuming of that character as well. I guess. Yeah. Again, it's a lot of the like how do how do I make a, how do I make character seem like said character? B, how do I make it better than the old one because the old one is really not very good, but not just the same character, but power crept? And then also, if I'm going to be incorporating a currently existing mechanic, that has to then fit both of those things. It has to fit the theme and not be OP, but it's got to be good enough to make it now viable to use that mechanic, you know? Um, so yeah, like so kind of in the sense that I, I tried to make a weaponizer last time that you know sticks around and actually does stuff. Um, I'm trying to make a I'm trying to make a keyword that no one really uses. People use it, but it's never it's never the theme or like the gimmick of the deck. Whereas with this character, I'm, I'm trying to make it very core to how the character plays. That sounds awesome. That sounds really cool. I like that. I like that. Um, Dave, uh, any other thoughts and suggestions while we've got the the lovely lovely salt with us? No, just just put hoist in. That's, that's it. Hoist. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, that's all I want from Wave Two and Computron, maybe, um, or any any of the any of the combiners that we haven't had. But we we know you guys are, are going to do something really cool for us anyway because you did the same with, with Wave One, giving us Bruica. So yeah, um, I was I was happy, Bunny. Well, given that we're doing a combiner-themed wave, chances are at least one of the combiners you want is probably going to be right. Oh, no. yes, there's not, there's not that many of them. Let's be honest. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm excited to see what's what, what's um, coming out. Really, I think I think it's nice that you're looking at characters, um, like you said, that have an existing one, and I think a good um, good example of that is what you guys did with Ratchet in Arc Wave 1, because let's face it, Wave 3 Specialist Ratchet was Poe, and no one really bothered with him. And I think the Ratchet that we got in the Arc Wave 1 is a really, because it's kind of like touching on the same sort of thing, he's the med, he's just a better baseline character to have, and I love the way he interacts with like the red alert stratagem and the inferno you could do obviously you wouldn't have many characters that if you had ratchet inferno but you could have some really cool repair shenanigans going on our shenanigans are cheeky and fun yeah i mean his shenanigans are cruel and tragic which makes them not shenanigans at all really evil shenanigans i swear to god i'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans so it'd be interesting to see what this this subtly hinted character might be uh, when, when set Ratchet late this year. Ratchet, when um, when he was being messed with, I was um, I was Jamie, I believe, over um, Powered by Primus. Um, I remember when I was I was testing Ratchet, and I was kind of like the original version. I was kind of slightly annoyed because originally he didn't heal himself; it was another character. 
And I was like, Jerry, I think, I think he can heal himself. I think it's fine. Like I was finding, I wanted, to, I was constantly wanting to heal Ratchet, and his ability doesn't let him do it. And we were like, can we just, just make him heal himself as well if he wants to? At, at that point, he basically has the medic card built in. I'm like, is that not perfect for Ratchet? Let's just give him medic as a flip effect. It felt right as soon as we did that. We were just like, yeah, that that immediately feels like that's how Ratchet should play. You should just medic, medic, medic. That that should be his thing. You know? Yeah. Totally, and he, he really is cool. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to to seeing what 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 what's in store for the Art Wave too. But no, I, I don't really have much more because obviously I don't want to ask too many prying questions because yeah. obviously um, we've you know you've already told us quite a lot without telling us stuff. And I don't really want I want it to be a surprise for everyone, and I don't want to yeah. be digging too deep. So I feel like Dave and me have very been voiced that he wants hoist, and I want a new Blitzwing, and because we're kind of like we can boldly say we are a voice in the community who do a podcast we will be what 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 do the parents say when they're not angry we'll be very disappointed if they're not inv- included no you weren't angry you were disappointed because yeah. i didn't ask eddie about <laughs> yeah about about <laughs> the crypticon one yeah no but it's exciting it's exciting because obviously you know um with with card creation you want to create new characters that haven't been done and you've even said as well salty in this new wave you're going to do characters that haven't been in the game but should have been staples like i've gone on record multiple times saying it took them wave three to bring in ratchet what the heck are you doing wizards like seriously like he is a staple and then obviously we all know about wave one jazz trash cup why is there why was why was there a bad cup in wave one like cup is so iconic in the thing and he's just wah, 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 wah. so yeah man it's just it's just really cool that you guys are uh, addressing old characters and working with new characters so we're always excited and yeah I don't know. I think I think you'll just knock it out of the park if if you include those two characters for Dave and me. We will probably <laughs> if if we include those two. If we don't include them, it's going to be rubbish wave, not worth. Yeah, it's, it's going to be the arc. Yeah, we'll just be like, oh, wave two's really good, but it could have been better if if you know <laughs> that horrible. Yeah, that horrible route of like, I really like those guys, but they just never really listen to the community. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, it's really cool, and we're super excited for for the second wave. And obviously, you guys have been testing pretty much straight from the get go, because obviously, Matafer has talked to us, talked to us, and told us that obviously, from the get go, from wave one being unleashed, you have started working on wave two. So you know, I think everyone's uh, waiting with anticipated breath, should we say, of uh, what's going to be coming out of uh, your ginormous collaboration? Because obviously, Bayformers now are a part of your your thing and they just dropped a mega set as well so at some point we're gonna uh collab with those guys to be on the show and talk about their set and loads of other fun stuff because yeah guys sorry to interrupt the podcast but we have some special news like you can see on the screen but if you're listening on the audio medium you wouldn't have a clue in about two episodes time we have adam edgmond from the bayformers and we're going to be doing an interview and we're going to be talking about that set and dave and me will eventually get round to reviewing it as well because there's some absolutely insane yeah insane in the membrane cards in that set and some really cool new ideas that haven't been done yet in the transformers tcg 
So without further ado, let's get straight back to episode 17. That is a monster. And I, I've, I've, I've literally just gone through the battle cards recently because I've not had any time due to editing and stuff. And there's some tasty things in there. So obviously adding them into the mix uh, and adding it to, to, to obviously your, your design creative um, of all of you already, I bet that's been quite, quite fun of all, all uh, with that collaboration. The, the collaborative stuff and, and our second wave actually uh, is a lot it's a lot more of a slower pro a process than the first one. We're, um, like, again, we we appreciate that people have a lot of thoughts on how fan content should be made and who should be releasing it and how often. And there are there are aspects of that that are very hard to do. Um, like the the most common thing is there should be one group making cards. That's really hard to do. Um, it's very hard to get that set up because there's a lot of people who want to make cards and they all want to do it differently and it's going to take time before everyone kind of pushes together and orders it as one group that that would be great and that's why we we're doing some collaborative work with with bayformers you know we, we want to push towards a more unified front so to speak but but one of the things that that one of the things we have noticed as a complaint and one of the things we are taking notice of and trying to implement because we can implement this one is how much content is being released how quickly and it's getting quite overwhelming for a lot of players so one of the things we set out for wave two is we're not rushing it we're not trying to get it out as soon as possible it's it's done when it's done because like I say, there's, there's a lot of guys making content, and I'm not, oh, no, in no way am I discouraging guys from making content. I think if, if you enjoy doing it, absolutely do it. But it's also one of them things where, because we've got our set out there, and there's a lot of other sets, we want people to have time to play it and, and you know, get used to it and have fun with it and mess around with it and give us feedback with it. If we, if we put out another set, you know, a, a month afterwards, that's probably too soon, you know. So, yeah, don't expect anything rapid. <laughs> it might be a little while yet. But um, the, the Bayformers thing as well, that's going to be a slow process. It's not a, yeah. it's not a, don't expect a collaborative arc Bayformers wave within the next few months. That's not, yeah. that's not a thing. What, we're, the, the, what I can say we're doing is we're working on individual, individual sets with some synergies between them. Um, and... Uh, can I say that? If not, don't worry about it, Zoe. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> probably not. But yeah, there, there's yeah, we, we are doing stuff together. But yeah, don't don't get too hyped for like massive crossover set too soon. That, I, I'm pretty sure that's that's where we're headed. But that's maybe a while off yet. Don't get don't get too excited. <laughs> yeah, because because I feel like that's what Dave and me said, isn't it, Dave? And we said it on our podcast, there's so so much great stuff coming out, but it's coming out thick and fast that we're like literally just getting around to playing the Ark Wave One and also ATP Two. We're finally getting around to playing that, aren't we, Dave? But there's so much stuff out there. There, there is, you know, like you know, we talked to Eddie last episode um, about his reformatted set. You know, that landed through my letterbox today. Um, so there's that to look at, and then there's. Like, like Salty said, and you just said, it's like it is coming out so quickly. I, I like, I don't, you know, I'm I'm overwhelmed, and I'm quite. I like looking at card sets, but there's there's I've been. It's just I feel like the p 
pace needs to probably slow down. I'm not discouraging anyone from doing it, like Salty said, you know. But for me, for, for being a content creator and doing battle reports on, on the channel, I can't digest the cards as quickly as they're coming. There's, you know, we've got Bayform as the Great War, um, another great looking set has, has just dropped, you know, you've got Eddie's reformatted, you've got ATP, you know, Caleb dropped Wave X. I haven't even looked at Wave X, and I understand he's he's decided to, that's it for him. He's done Wave X, and he's he's now bowing out. Um, I, I don't, I just don't really know. I, I can't digest it all, and I think it's really nice that the arc have been like, let's let Art Wave One bed in, and we we we've got some exciting news that the Bayform is going to be involved, but we're going to yeah. take a slower approach because Wizards of the Coast didn't release sets every two months. No. It was like once, twice a year. The other side of it as well is, as much as currently on obviously long now I'm not working, but for, for all of us in the arc, we have full time day jobs, you know, so we have to we have to balance it around that. And the other thing as well is it's it's all completely for free. We don't make any money off this. This is all us in our spare time for free when we get a chance. Mainly just a because we like doing it, and b because we want to keep the game and the community interested. So it's not even if we wanted to, I don't think we could pump it out that quickly, you know. But it's it's definitely a case of we're in. It's again, it's that almost that element of the game's not going anywhere because it's stopped effectively, you know. Um, the game is continuing now through the community, so there's no. We haven't got a need to release a set that regularly. We can just take our time, mess around with our cards and, and concepts and builds and, and release them when they're ready. You know, we're not, we haven't got a set deadline that we need to release cards by. And like I said, at the moment, I think whilst I've seen a lot of complaint that there's too much coming out and it is too difficult to digest, the, the flip side of that is, but look how many people are trying to keep the game going. Totally. Yeah, hundred percent. But on the flip side of that is, but it shows that the support is there. If you are, all, all I would say is, if you are a fan of the game who is struggling because there's so many people making content, maybe limit yourself to one or two of those groups. Like, and that's and that's me as one of the groups who will go. If you don't choose the arc, that's fine. Like, you know, you don't. I'm not going pick us and another group, but like. Just pick one or two that you that you've enjoyed what you've seen so far, or you like the way they do their stuff, and just stick with theirs. If somebody else releases something, just go. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at it because it's not from the one that I've stuck with. And then hopefully you won't be as overwhelmed that way because you're not you're just not looking in the same way that like Dave you were saying earlier on. You you've played Star Wars Armada and you're like I really enjoyed that game. Not buying into that game, however, <laughs> I know it's not the same thing because it's still Transformers. But you could just say I'm not air quotes buying into that that yeah. fan mate. That crazy, you know. yeah. I, th I think that's for now. I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. I think I think as time goes on, I think everyone will eventually start to move towards the same pace and even out. And I think say talks are already between you know, multiple groups have already communicated with each other and are already doing collaborative dads it's just a matter of time before everyone we're all new to this guys you know we're yeah. none of us are professional card makers and designers and play testers we're all learning how to do it individually learning how to work which is which is another reason why we were not trying to push the bayformers thing too quickly because as much as we want to work with them we've only worked with each other for one set you know, we're not, 
we're still learning how to work with ourselves effectively um but yeah the the my goal especially the everyone else but my goal especially is that eventually i'm kind of hoping that everyone will group together and we'll do we'll have one group so to speak but the the, the flip side of that is you cannot tell someone that they're not allowed to make cuts because every one of these sets is unofficial they are absolutely unofficial. and if someone tells you otherwise that's not the case you know i if dave goes you know what i'm gonna make a whole set next week I can't tell him he can't. He's totally within his rights to do that. So also telling everyone that there should only be one group, you can't tell them to do that. It's 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 a weird situation. It's it's an ideal, but it'll take some time. But we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Let's face it, last July we were all gutted. That day when the news came out, I was I was, you know, messaging Lee, I'm like, have you seen? He's like, Yeah, I'm just you know, I'm just making a video now and like we're all like crushed. You know, I spoke to Dan, I spoke to Nick, I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> you know, what, what are we going to do? And then, like, the passion that the community have thrown back in, it's like, no, we're not. We will not go quietly into the night to quote Independence Day. As we said <laughs> Heck yeah, you know, dude. We, you know, we want this game to continue. I, I didn't spend all my time watching Wreck and Roll, Bleeped Up, BOA. I didn't spend all that time to just go, oh, I'm just going to rage quit you know I, there's players in my local community that literally the day it was it was um, cancelled it'd be like who wants to buy this card who wants to buy that card I'm out I'm done I'm like no I didn't, didn't invest all that time to not play the game anymore because it's a bloody good game it really is yes it's a bloody um, bloody good game yes I agree it's a bloody good game <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to go quietly into the night no we shall not um, just me you know the, like you say the passion's there um, for me, as a content creator, I found it a little overwhelming having to look at all these cards. But no, by all means, go, content creators, if you're listening, please do keep going. Because there is some real quality coming out. And lots of di- people doing different things. You know, Some people have looked at the same characters. Other people, like Eddie's, looked at combiners in a completely unique way yeah. with the weapons. Like you were saying earlier, Solly, about the weapons like going onto a character. But Eddie's done that with his reformatted series got like a, a, um, a little jigsaw puzzle that you've got to put together and if you do you get devastated huge gun and it's yeah, awesome yeah. i love it um but yeah just the, the game's in a really good place it just needs that kind of yeah. pace and um, we you know we made yourself to make yourself to make yourself it would just be overburdened and you don't have time for a tournament scene to settle as well i know vector sigma are, very proactive with their, yeah. their tournaments but you've only had one art tournament really because the way the world is you can't host regular tournaments we don't get that metadata through quickly you've had one tournament and it's still ongoing you know yeah again the the tournament scene is a bit I, again i'm very much an in-person player i don't really do webcam tournaments or online tournaments um mainly i haven't really set up for it um and it's, i just find it not the same um i'd much rather go to a room full of players and have that that big that big like auditorium feel i like that whole kind of aspect to it um but we did eventually go right okay, we, should, we should really do an online tournament you know um but i think that just the way it is at the moment i think just the, the current state of of the world at the moment yes people have time because they're not necessarily working but i think people don't necessarily have the motivation because currently unfortunately 
most people aren't particularly happy or in a gamey mood at the moment. You know, it's it's a shame that it all came about the way you know the game unfortunately got the announcement it did at the time it did as well, where no one could meet up and play. I think that's a, I think that's a real issue for it. Like, for, for I remember when when it was announced, we had a big group chat and we were all everyone was really down. I was I was I was really doing my best to be Mr. Positive Man. Um, I was like I kept calling myself the dad of the group at that point. I was like, no, come on, guys, we got to you know perk up. And I said, you know, we have to we have to put on the brave face. We have to all there's like four, five separate YouTube channels in this group chat. We all need to go out and put on the brave face and go, no, no, it's all good, guys. We can still play this card game. It still exists. The cards are still there. The rules haven't changed. We can play it for as long as we want, you know. Um, and that was that's. That was really my main goal with when we put art together. That's the main thing I wanted to do was not necessarily oh, I want to make, I want to be a card creator or oh, I want to I want to make really OP cards. My my goal was to keep everyone happy <laughs> and interested. You know, and I think again for if we hadn't been in lockdown at, that, at the precise point when it happened, the very first thing I would have done is organized a little Transformers day at our local shop and just got everyone in playing it as much as possible and just going, look, it's it's still here. We can still play this, you know? And I think not being able to do that, loads of local gaming groups of like 30 or 40 players not being able to meet, I think that has had one of the biggest effects. I think if you could still meet up in groups and play, I think that would have been better. I think the interest wouldn't have been quite so... I don't think you'd have seen that initial drop off quite so badly. No, and I think it doesn't justify Transformers. Like my my gaming store being pretty much shut now for the best part of twelve months. But gaming as a whole has suffered. And games like where the tournament scene drives a game have been really, really impacted by this. And Transformers definitely it, it falls in, under that purview. Of, it's it struggled to retain the player base. But I think. The people that have remained are resolute in the fact that they still want to play the game. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's you know, I think you can see that with the amount of people inquiring about the fan sets. Where do I like? We still get messages in the art group now going, "Where's the file? Where do I get the fan cards from?" You know, so like the interest for the community is obviously still there. And I think that's that's just one group. You know, that's just the arc. I'm sure it's the same for ATP and for Eddie and all the other guys, you know, and the Bayformers who are sat there. I'm sure they're still getting an influx every week of players going, when do I get the cards? Where do I do this? Where do I do that? You know, so people still want it. You know, I think, but I think just at the moment, because everyone basically had the same idea at the same time and just went, well, let's keep the community alive, that we possibly over flooded the community a little bit. <laughs> but like, like I say, we, we, we are actively slowing down especially for, for Wave 2, um, to kind of help with that situation a little bit. So, you know, don't get, like I say, don't be expecting a new set that soon. And, and even once we do do another set, again, it'll probably be a while after after that before we do a Wave 3. So, you know, don't, we're not going to be throwing content out constantly. Like, um, we, we tried as much as we could to do our first Wave as close to Wizards. Um, in the, you know, we did a spoiler season. Like say, we gave out spoilers to. I don't even think we gave both of you guys spoilers. Believe me. Uh, yeah, we did. You know, <laughs> and we and we released our own spoiler videos and articles and stuff as much as we could to kind of make it feel like a a big event. You know, I think I imagine we'll do the exact same thing for Wave Two, but 
between then, we haven't done anything really. You know, we've we've let this we've let the the sets out there and it's doing its thing. You know, and that's that's great. You know, the, the, one of the one of the biggest the best compliment we've had, the biggest thing we've had is um, multiple people. I think you yourself, Dave, for one of them actually have mentioned that people they know who would quit or were thinking about quitting have changed their mind based on seeing the arc stuff and like that was immediately i went cool fantastic i've done my job i'm incredibly happy now um if we bring one person back in who, who was leaving i am completely happy with the amount of time we sparing it for that to be the case and i'm sure again it's the same thing for the bay formers and the atp and all the guys i'm sure they've all brought someone back in who was leaving or kept someone around or brought in a new player even you know um and that's that's why I, that's why I do it. I, I I know it sounds cheesy, like oh I do it for a minute, but that that is genuinely why. That's the best thing that I, that I can get from it. You know? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really good. I think the community's in an amazing place. I think everyone's doing their own thing. Like we have a tournament scene that's going on. We've got people creating cards. We've got people wanting to do future things. You know, it's just really good. And everyone wants to, like we've we've stated on this show and also what Salty said as well, it's like everyone wants to keep this game alive and everyone has a passion. To get everyone on the same board might be interesting. But, you know, till all I want, at some point it will happen. The one thing I would love to do, which personally I would love to take, is just basically come up with a schedule when, like, the big groups are uh, releasing cards or anyone else who's doing a big set together so we can have it out in the community and say, okay, around this time there's this set coming out possibly and this set possibly coming out so people won't get overloaded. But um, yeah, picking and choosing is great, but then Dave and me love everything. Like the one set that caught us off guard, Beast Wars. Don't even know what Beast Wars is. I've watched a few episodes now and I can tell you, I can tell you now, Beast Wars is like taking mushrooms and other drugs um, without the drugs. I can tell you that for a fact. Um, but that's yeah, and it, it wasn't the prettiest show at the time of release, but boy, is that thing not aged well. No, it has not aged well. But the set, the set, we, we, I just, you know, digressing slightly here. We, we had an episode this week actually, and it's, a, I think it's like seventy odd hits, and and that for, for me, that's that's like loads and loads. Like the Beast Wars set really took off well. And there's one turn where I spoil with Optimus Primal, because he gets like bold for each other maximal you control. And tough for each one in your KO area, yep. and like I, I swung a Megatron for like seventeen damage or something like that. I was like, oh, I didn't think he could do that. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> cool set, and it plays it's really cool so set. different. It's a really small niche set. Yeah, that uh, one guy and his son designed together, you know, and that just shows you like, don't just look at the big stuff. You know, if if you want to look at everything, like look at some of the small sets. That's that's what I do. It's like cherry picking the sure. things that pique my interest. So that that's really cool. Well, we've got some. Some other questions. other questions to ask, haven't we? Yeah, 100%. Shout out to Randy for that set as well. Shout out, my man. You, you're always listening yeah, to the show, show, so shout out. Yeah, really enjoyed that set. From the secret files of Teletran 2. In the days of Megatron, Decepticons developed the art of espionage using cassette technology. The first question we had was from Ben, which was what, what lineup is he had most fun with? So we kind of already touched on that. So the next question is from Eddie, who was on our last... Well, hang on, hang on. Is that is that... From the arc, or is that just in general? Well, should we just say in general? In fact, this is from Ben Cotty. One of he's one of the more um, he's he, he's set, he, I think he's one of the advents for the UK group, isn't he, Ben? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah let, let's let's not just talk about the arc, but what lineup have you had the most fun battling with? Ooh. So again, it's it's kind of it's a deck I tried to make work for a very long time, 
um, and it still does to a degree, when, when it goes off, it goes off, um, is uh, Wave 1 Mirage um, with uh, Private Taraxodon, and the most recent version is with Wave 1 Wheeljack. Um, that, I, I have so much fun getting the three whites on Mirage and getting the untap. Um, because it's just, it's a card that no one really played for such a long time. And then I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, it's all because of me. But I did release a couple of videos with that deck where it performed well. And then I think the following week, about 15 versions of that deck appeared on the Fort Max website. Um, and our, our Discord server blew up. I've built a Mirage deck. I've built a Mirage deck. And I went, cool. I'm happy with that. I really, because people don't know what that card does a lot of the time. And I went, what does he do? If I flip three whites, I get to untap him. Okay, and like again, it's taken a long time for the white support to really kick in, in terms of a deck that runs so many actually being viable. But um, yeah, I really enjoy playing that deck. I, it's, I'm kind of tied. I, I, I never know which one I, I think is my favourite. But that Mirage team and my uh, direct damage uh, transfer damage plane team of um, Windsweeper, Slipstream, and Wave One Skywarp. Um, I really enjoy playing that as well. Um, the turn, turn one move of swinging out with Skywarp, and then they attack him because they have to, and you flip that white, and you transfer four damage to Windsweeper, and then you go, <laughs> you're getting three of that back. <laughs> it's just yeah, disgusting. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> you're <laughs> happy. Yeah, I do, I do enjoy that deck quite a lot. Again, and again, that was a deck sort of indirect damage planes because since since wave one it felt like that's what they were supposed to do a lot of the cards suggested that the plane you know, planes where you splash damage you know small chip damage over time deck and it really didn't work until like wave four and five so you know they're, they're probably my two favorite decks to play in, and character lines i've had funny enough i don't think either of those cards those decks currently run any arc cards <laughs> oh no they're probably, no sorry my planes do run cosmic rust cannons now <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because uh, aerial superiority would be really good. It's not maybe a one or a two of in there. Because that plus four pierce against cars or whatever. The cars, trucks, and tanks or something. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. It's. Perfect again, it, probably. But the, the, the problem with it is the deck doesn't, doesn't necessarily swing out for big attack numbers. Um, it's much more like I play a Kamian Crash and do two damage, I attack transfer a damage. And then I yeah. pierce you for like two or three damage. So the superiority would, would give me big swings. It is blank, which in in my deck is is not good because I, it's, it's a mixed deck anyway. So having blanks in there just makes it less consistent. Yeah. I I love I love running aerial superiority with wave two thrust and just going yeah, come yeah. Oh, yeah that, absolutely. like oh my days I've had so much turns where I've just been like cool I'm going to swing with this little plane but I'm going to put a grenade launcher on thrust and oh yes aerial superiority on the small guy and look thrust is going to give him an even bigger boost than he normally has smiley faces all around not for my opponent but it's been fun for me I think that card makes for a sad matter because he loves his cars he does. <laughs> if, he, if I ever play Matt again and he's going to run cars, I'm going to play that. I'm going to have to play that Thrust deck. It runs like Red Wing and loads of other... I think it's Skywarp, Red Wing, um, Thrust, and one of the like 
air patrol guys. It's just fun, stupid, jank planes where everyone's like, that shouldn't work. And then when you get the combos off, you're like, oh dear God, what have I created? <laughs> it's just brilliant. I love it. No, Dave, uh, for, for decks for you though, what what um what was your like go tos then? Cliff jumper. <laughs> um, I used two bumblebee because uh, he's just nuts good. Um, and then another car. Like I I play a lot of cars and I kind of cycle them around. But wheeljack, wave on wheeljack is really strong. Just cars. I just like cars. Yeah. They untap a lot. You know, I'm a, I'm a bit like Matifer really, but. Recently, Matifer's just beating me up with cars. So I need to start playing cars against him. We can see how many times you can untap. But I've got a piece of tech for Matifer. So if you're listening, Matifer, I've got some tech for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mine's very simple. Uh, Metroplex, the big white guy. Love playing him. He was really, really cool. Uh, I touched on it earlier about, like, non-damaging planes. That was really cool to do. But, yeah, I'm very boring. Metroplex, Metroplex, Metroplex. <laughs> sorry, 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 Ben, for not having an amazing answer, but yeah, the big white killing machine. Love that guy. Love that guy to death. So, hey, in fairness, since if we if the same question but with arc lineups, actually the most fun I've had to play recently actually is Trypticon. Well, hey, it's true. It's yeah. true. Um, the the stratagem and um, resilience. Uh, he's actually playable. <laughs> That stratagem is so good. That stratagem really is good. It is very good. It's a very good strat. Yeah, you got a deck profile on uh, um, Blues on Attack on it, haven't you, Salty? I have. Literally one person went, can you do a profile? I went, yeah, all right then. Of course. Um, but I just like, I, I generally normally hate doing deck profiles because I, I like to build jank and be jokey. And then when someone's like, Get, here's a, make me a deck list, I'm like, Oh, but that's actually a serious analytical look at a deck with advice on how to play it, and I'm playing it because it's funny. Yeah. Um, how to, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. So, but with that one, I was actually quite happy to do it because I've I've been having a lot of fun playing Trypticon because I, I haven't played a huge amount of games with him, and I haven't exactly gone up against the like the world beaten decks. But I haven't lost with Trypticon yet. Yeah. Like even even <laughs> admittedly, I had one game on the channel when it was uh, no uh, arc cards. Well, was I played against Adam, Adam playing Metroplex, <laughs> and I still won. Sacrilegious. Oh, that, la Adam, letting down the team, that, mate. You're letting down the team. In, in Adam's defence, Adam's defence, and also to not pick myself up, that is because I think Adam missed Metroplex's trigger practically every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> His flips were horrific. Yeah. They were just like... Oh, I didn't trigger again. You can just see by the end of it, Adam's like, ah! Yeah, like, if you... Okay, spoilers for that video if you haven't seen it. <laughs> but I think the game ended 2-1 to Trypticon. I think both games I had one or two health left on Trypticon. So, like, a single trigger uh, extra in both those games and I'd have lost. And, yeah. like, he missed quite a lot of triggers. That's true. Yeah, it's... Still, I'm very disappointed. It must have been Adam's deck construction or something. Just, yeah, you should have thrown it. It's terrible. Laying down the team, you know. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Adam. You know, I kid. Right. Okay. So, um, moving on then. We've got another question from Eddie uh, Santos. We had him on the la uh, last week's episode. Uh, he says, congrats on the collab with Bayformers. Uh, does the ARC have desires slash plans to collab with more custom card groups in the future? There's no, like, specific list down there like oh we want to collab with these guys we want to collab with these guys 
but the as we said the, the goal in the future is is to basically all collab effectively at some point yeah. uh hopefully regularly you know so absolutely absolutely it's just again it's just a case of us kind of discovering how we work and how we make cards and if we consistently think we can do it and then one step at a time kind of thing so bay, bay formers we you know the, the two groups were kind of both very very mutually happy to kind of work with each other and we you know started a um, style of dialogue there and the, i see that the plan going forward would be to do the same with more people in the future just uh, no idea when but yeah absolutely absolutely safe all right next question dave so this is from Mastafa. who is your favorite bearded facial head arc member excluding yourself I mean, that's the thing. I'm going to say it depends what you qualify as a big. Because obviously, mine is majestic, but a lot of you know, a lot of the other guys like half ass it, you know. So, boah, oh, I don't know. That's a tricky one. Like, technically, the guy with the biggest beard out of the other art guys is Nick. But I'm not picking Nick because it's Nick. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't choose Nick. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. If I could merge Joe and Wes into one person, uh, a tie between Joe and Wes, I reckon. Oh, actually, sorry. I apologise. I've just realised I've insulted Jamie there accidentally by suggesting that he doesn't have a proper beard. Jamie actually has a very, very good beard. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Offending all beard. He's very thick and full. His beard is pretty impressive. <laughs> That's like, thanks, Matter, for your on-topic on question of beards. I love it. No, I like this. I like this. It's not to be Transformers based. You can ask me anything. I don't care. <laughs> yes, yes, pineapple should be on pizza, by the way. Controversial. It really should. I'm not going to bring up that. I'm not going to bring up that. <laughs> I'm not going to bring up that. Because I had that on Blues Talk with Dan and Nick. That was a hilarious thing. And Lemon Chicken. Yeah, go back and listen to that episode. That was a hilarious rant. Um, right, okay, so the next question we've got is from Brian Blair. He says, I've, in, uh, I've much enjoyed your miniatures that you've been painting. Uh, what got you into miniatures? How long have you been painting slash playing uh, miniature games? And what are some of your favorites? So I think that's a, a question oh, to everyone. Oh boy. I know, it's opening up a whole like thing for all of us here because we all come from a bit of a background of miniature gaming, so it's quite interesting. So... Brian, I hope you're going to enjoy this question because I feel like it's going to be a long one. <laughs> I, I'm going to do my best to not go on too long about this because any time this gets mentioned on um, the, the other podcast I do, um, I see everyone's face drop because I then just go, oh, and blah, 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 I grew up in a very small village. I believe there were like five kids my age. Um, and uh, my friend Amy at the time, she came home with a Space Marine Terminator model. I was like, my cousin gave me this. And I went, what's this? And she's like, oh yeah, you, you build them and you paint them. Um, and like, so I, I'm also, so my, my job, I'm, I'm a tattoo artist. I've always been involved in art in some degree. I've always been interested in art. So it was like, oh, here's, to, to a six-year-old, here are some toy spacemen that you get to color them in and i went okay like that's that's the best thing i've ever heard of i want to do that and then i remember going to my mum going i want to play warhammer and she's like i have i have no idea what that is what is that and i'm like i get a white dwarf magazine and i show it to her and then 
uh, in the back of it was like the stuff that's released that week and how much it costs and just remembering her face of like oh my god this stuff's really expensive <laughs> like yeah yeah it is yeah um but yeah so i, I started off basically just getting stuff that I like the look of because I had no idea how you played the game or how any of it balanced so I had like loads of random space marines and orcs and all kinds of stuff and um, very very early on gluing my finger and thumb together with super glue accidentally but the so the first game that I actually properly played was Gorka Morka Wait. Um, whoa that's a blast from the that past. is a blast from yeah. the past that's mad I think the time is right for GW to bring that back because the the smaller sort of bite-sized self-contained box games they've been selling lately are doing very well for them so i think gorka morka would be a fantastic idea gw if you're listening <laughs> pay attention um <laughs> but yeah the so the idea if you don't know what gorka morka is the idea is it was mostly orcs and goblins there were other factions like uh, mutants and things like that but it was kind of mad max you 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 had ramshackle vehicles out in the wasteland and you bumped into other people's little gangs and you fought over scrap metal. And the game was uh, one of those sort of uh, ongoing campaign-style games where every game, the end of it, you know, some of your guys might take their injuries or they might level up and get better. They might die, you know, and you use the scrap to buy new weapons or hire new guys into your gang or buy new vehicles and stuff like that. So... With very few models, you could have this really interesting long-term campaign where all your guys, you know, who you would name, you know, and you'd end up with little stories. If you know, on oh, the last game, this guy, you know, he got run over by a truck, but he still stood up and he fired his grenade off and he blew the truck up and, oh, what a hero he is kind of thing. Um, and that was always really cool, like forging a narrative for all your models as well. That's always really cool. Some of my favourites, obviously, like uh, Warhammer 40,000, the, the main... When it came to that, the, actual, the, the main game I played was actually original Warhammer Fantasy for a long time. Yeah. Um, but that sort of every edition that came out, it started to get kind of worse and worse. And then they went, "Ah, let's just kill it off." For, for, I mean, I played I played like almost every Games Workshop game. Um, but then, obviously, as time's gone by, the, the industry's got bigger and more games have come out. And there's now almost anything you can think of has a miniature game. At the moment, it's Bot War for me that I'm getting into haven't played it yet because uh you know i'm not allowed to because it's <laughs> yeah. lockdown but it's um yeah it's it's big 80s cartoon robots that that fight each other i'm like okay <laughs> yeah sign me up mine are painted in a very obvious homage to the g1 era um so a lot of my guys are painted in schemes they're not supposed to be painted in but i don't care because uh you know I, I like Transformers, so my guys, I'll paint them like that. They're not Transformers, obviously, but I don't care. I'm making that guy look like Optimus as close as I can get it. <laughs> Dave, do you want to go next? Because mine's going to be as long-winded as possibly Salty's. <laughs> I started very much similar to Salty. I started with 40k. Uh, 1988, Road Trader. Well, I played all the way through to 5th edition. And then GW at that time, just the, the their business model wasn't to my liking, shall we say? Yeah. Their smaller games like Necromunda, like Blood Bowl, like Epic, all the games that I'd loved for years, they they just got rid of it. And 40k became a bit of a beast, and that's when you start to see 
tournament list being played at games clubs and stuff because prior to that we were like what models have you got let's play with that um so yeah like i i, I love 40k up until about fifth i played battletech uh, like my eyesight's bad i've got fibro my 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 eyesight's deteriorating on like the last sort of four years to the point where i can't really see that well anymore um so i don't paint anymore but i do play x-wing and i love x-wing um you know, that and Transformers are probably two of the best conformities that have been filed. And I love X-Wing because it's all pre-painted. I don't have to do anything. Say so for, for an entry game, if you're interested in miniatures gaming, but you find it a bit daunting, X-Wing was such an incredible game for that. Because it just went, cool, here you go. The model is pre-built and pre-painted. And pre-painted quite well. And it was actually. a reason why you couldn't get hold of Wave 1 for so long because it's sold out like gangbusters. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, like, and it's and it's a massively revered IP. Let's be honest as well. Yeah. Um, and it was a really fun game system. I, I went so hard into X when it first came out, and like it was for me, it was weird because I'm kind of going, wait, I don't these. Mm. And it, it, it was almost a negative for me. It almost put me off that I was like, but then my opponent shows up and his army looks as good as mine, and he's put no effort into it. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. Palmy went, stop being a dickhead. Just, you know, just play him. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, so yeah, it's def it's a great gateway game for that, absolutely. Definitely. And it's it's a very small skirmish game, so it's very, very different to Warhammer, where you're yeah. like, uh, you know, 50 models on the board. You're playing with like three, four ships. And if you play more, there are different different lists that can do that and certainly where I am now in second edition which I know you didn't buy into but I'm an idiot and I hate money in my bank account so I did mm -hmm. um, we've now got the Clone Wars era as well involved um, they're pretty much what FFG did with Legion as well and they're doing it now with Armada but yeah that's my main minis game but sadly because of COVID unless you want to play an online mod can't see my friends and play it very much it's true. Um, I'm kind of like salty. I got I got into Warhammer basically through my Sunday school. A lot of the kids were playing it, and they bought in a white dwarf one day, and I was like, "What well, looks really cool?" And then um, I think I think I went to London on like a, a weekend retreat with my dad's work at, uh, at the time. He was working for Rolls Royce, and I was like, "Oh, can we go find a games workshop?" This thing that I saw in this um, this magazine called White Dwarf, and my dad reluctantly took me to a store. I had a I had a demo, and then uh, within like a couple of months and Christmas, my dad got me a. He asked what army I liked, and the the army I played in my demo was Dark Eldar versus Space Marines. And for some weird reason, I chose Dark Eldar because they looked really cool. Just the fact that they just had spikes everywhere, and they, and when I played the demo game, I just blew pretty much all the Space Marines off the table without losing a single model. So I was like, okay, these guys seem pretty good. So, um, yeah, I got into 40K, but never really played it. The The main big game I got into through, obviously, the 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 plastic crack, which is 40K, uh, is Blood Bowl. I absolutely loved Blood Bowl because growing up as a kid, um, I had a Sega Mega Drive, or as you guys in America call it, the Genesis. Uh, and I used to play a lot of uh, John Madden and American sports and stuff like that. And uh, when I heard about Blood Bowl and fantasy, and you can do whatever you want, I'm in. Uh, and I was in, and it was absolutely a ton of fun. And then I moved away from miniature gaming when I became a teenager a little bit because I basically was like, oh, girls are pretty. 
And uh, also, like, I'm a nerd <laughs> when it came to other things. So I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to collect minis anymore. That's not good. Uh, and then, um, and then, unfortunately, when I was playing football one day in my late teens, I, I pretty much broke my ankle 90 degrees the wrong way. And so I basically was like, well, I'm going to be shacked up for, for a while. And my friend Rich at the time was like, well, you need something to do other than just getting addicted to terrible daytime television. Uh, look at this game called War Machine. Uh, and I was looking at it and I was like, oh, man, all these models look really pretty, but also they look all kind of crap at the same time. And then I saw the Butcher of Kador. Now, this guy is a psychotic guy who has an axe the size of Uganda that literally has some sort of random spirit in it and he talks to it. And I literally was like, I'm in. I don't care if the faction is terrible. I love that mini. It looks cool. I'm in. And then I uh, had a few demo games and then I played War Machine for a very long time. And on my channel, I did battle reports. That was the first thing I did on my channel was like, I want to do War Machine battle reports and stuff like that. And that's what got me into YouTube. Um, but now nowadays, it's kind of interesting because obviously I've, I've started my Imperial Assault, which I absolutely love. That game is just phenomenal. If you want to ever play a really cool Star Wars game, either play X-Wing or Imperial Assault. That They're like, you know, they capture the feel of Star Wars so well. Yeah, I, there's just so many miniature games. But yeah, Blood, Blood Bowl's like my all-time fave. I absolutely love that game. And obviously with the newer edition coming out, we were all super excited to get it. So we did. And during lockdown, a lot of us have painted it and started to understand the rules. And hopefully I'll do a league again at some point. But then the channel's pretty much my life at the moment and doing loads of other fun stuff so doing a blood bowl league and having a social life is kind of educational <laughs> if you've ever tried playing in a blood bowl league F funnily enough um blood bowl was a game i put off for such a long time really because i went i went sports <laughs> a sports game Pfft, i don't like sports what i want to play that for and then one day at our gaming club. So, so up until, up until about September of last year, I was actually president of our local gaming club. Um, but I, one day there was a talk of a blood bowl league set up at the club, and I was like, oh, I've never played it, but uh, I leagues are interesting. I like the idea. And one of the guys was like, well, why don't you come down and I'll I'll, I'll teach you how to play. And I went, okay, go on then. And me and my mate Tom, we basically played a half each against the guy who was teaching us. And we both walked away from that one half of Blood Bowl and went, yeah, I'm going to get a team, I think, and play in the league. Like, yeah, 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 me too, yeah, me too. And looked at the teams, and I went for Nurgle, who at the time didn't have models. <laughs> so I converted up and painted a Nurgle team in a weekend. Um, played the league, came second, right? <laughs> Which, having played like I think I played a total of three games before the league started I was incredibly happy with um, the following season I converted an Elven Union team into a high elf team and won that season um, but we, we went we went to a local a full on tournament a you know what the NAF is, right, Lee? Yeah, I know what the NAF is, yeah. I know what the NAF is, yeah. yeah. Went to a NAF, went to a NAF uh, tournament in, in Daventry. I think I'd been playing for three months at that point. I took my Nurgle along, and I finished seventh. Nice. 21 players. That's pretty good. Um, I was really happy. And I've been, like, proper, proper in the Blood Bowl since then. I also have a, hu I have a second edition human team. <laughs> the guys are all posed the same. Amazing. Um... They're called Austrian Death Machine, and every single player is named after an Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, character. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, I did, I did briefly play um, 
it's weird because listen, listen to you hear these games. Uh, sorry, say these games. I did briefly play War Machine for a while, actually. I, I played Cricks. Nice, the undead guys. I ran. Yeah, Chris. Is it Denegra? Is yeah, Denegra. Yeah, I know Denegra too well. I ran Denegra. <laughs> I ran a couple of pistol raids because cool. they were disgusting. Yeah. Um, and, and a few jacks. I can't remember what they were now, but, um, <laughs> but I, I know exactly what you mean by these models are really cool and also ugly. You nailed that yeah. spot on to the, basically the entirety of the War Machine range. It's true. It is true. Another question, then, Dave. We've got the miniature. We've had we've had our uh, oh, our resin sniffs. We're done. We're good. We've stopped sniffing. Yeah, paint sorry cans. about that, everybody. We're good. We've got it off. Oh. This is from Nizuni. He's a long-time friend of mine, and also has, has been on, on my channel previously when he when he was able to visit before the, the whole scenario we've got now. Transformers question, but it is related to Blues on Attack because um, you guys have played it on the channel. Which is, who is your favourite character in Marvel Champions? Is it still Iron Man? So, <sighs> yes. <laughs> um, I, so I do realise there are issues with playing Iron Man, which is he is slow to get going. That is his problem, and. A really bad start in Marvel Champions can screw you over massively. You just spiral. Um, so I appreciate he's probably not the best choice. But again, does that not just fit perfectly with me liking the jank, right? Yeah, um, 100%. <laughs> I, if I, I've built a couple of different versions of Iron Man. And I always have so much fun. The, again, it's like you almost play on your on your own for a little while with Iron Man. You're like, I'll do this, this, and this. Cool, you guys do whatever you want to do. You actually fight the villain. I'll be back in a minute. I'll have another go. And I might be ready to join in. But until then, you guys have some fun. Um, but the particular deck that I built, um, it's been such a long time now, I can't remember any of the cards or what any of them do. But I do remember at the time that once I got him running, it was just a case of like going, cool. What do we need to prioritize this turn? I can do it. The deck was just so reliable once it got going. It's so worth it because it is a game within a game. And then when you get when you get Tony completely all the right bits, holy cow, he just demolishes things. He just demolishes even, things. See, even in terms where you go, oh, do you want me to do some threat, uh, do some thwarting this round? Okay, cool. Even on those turns, you can still go, well, I'll, I'll spend a resource and give him Aerial, and I'll tap both these hand repulsors and do f like four damage across these minions for a bit as well. And I'll do this and get a new card. And I'll do that and use the double energy that I had in my discard pile and use that again to play this card. And I'll do the, you know, just like, yep. Jesus, how are you doing so much stuff? And you're like, and, and I've got like 17 hit points at this, at this part of the game as well, you know? It's, it just feels right. Like, fire everything with Iron Man. It's just so right. I have an Ant-Man, like, booster back, or the, the pack for Ant-Man just sitting on my shelf whenever we can get out of lockdown and I can go and play with Ben and Dave and everyone and just be like, I want to play Ant-Man. That's me. I'm done. I want to be this guy. Thank you. I want to be Scott. Thanks. <laughs> That's all I want to play for a while. Uh, and we have to go against Ultron as well, so I'm not looking forward to that. I've been told it's brutal, so... <laughs> Still not tried that yet. Yeah, it's 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 on my to playlist because we remember. we played we played the the one with Rhino and all that jazz and we won and then we played the one with all the wreckers and stuff like that and we won. Um, but that was but they but the best thing about champions that everything feels so cinematic but also so close. Like at one point the villains are winning heavily and then at one point you're heavily winning and then there's a middle ground and then it could go either way. It's 
I don't know how they designed it, but it just feels like you're watching a Marvel movie or reading a comic book. It's so good. Sue me. Right, I know you're going to listen to this. I, I'm still waiting for you to bring your entire collection to Plymouth so we can play it. I've, I've still not played Champions, but I really want to. You'll like it, Dave. If you like Arkham Horror, you'll love this game. Trust me, you'll love it. Awesome. My, rec- my recommendation, play, play Captain Marvel Aggression first. <laughs> because because she's, she's basically Orange Bold Deck. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just play that. You, you'll learn that. If you're learning the game, just play that. She doesn't drive any cars, though, Dave, so sorry about that. Right. Okay, so we've got one, uh, one final question here from uh, Michael Santino. He says, how about this for a question? Fair play. Right. Now that the first waves of fan-made content have been released and successful, clearly the game is not dead. Where do you see the game going from here, and what would you like to see? What a question. What a question. Well, that's a that's a beast. I don't think it's going anywhere, so to speak. I mean, I think it, it's... The, the only thing I can really see with it going anywhere is, is new keywords and new rules, um, which is the... They're kind of one of the one of the harder to balance aspects. It's why we didn't do any in Wave One at all. It was it wasn't even discussed. It was, it was like, are we going to do any new keywords? And we all went, no. <laughs> to be ridiculous, it's way too hard. Um, I think you will see someone come up with a new icon color. I personally don't think anyone should release a new icon color. Um, it's going to be very hard to balance an entirely new icon. And we've had five waves of the game and multiple expansions that don't have that colour. And I, I just think that becomes awkward. So I, I don't see the game going anywhere crazy. I just I, I think that the main thing, you, you'll see new keywords that might change up some things. What I would like to see is more kind of alternate game modes. Like, so obviously, um, Power by Primus guys um, did the Unicron raid. And that was obviously received very well. Um, and, and Wes has hinted at another raid um, when he was on the show before, I believe. We're working on something else. See, I know. So Team Primus, we, we, we found some success. People seem to like the idea of the raid, and we want to build a new raid. Uh, and we're going to give the hard mode and nightmare modes. You know, it's going to be a way to you know, kind of keep you going until we are able to debut the new one. Just know that, you know, Decepticons always have, always have a plan and their plan always usually ends at the end after six phases. And there happens to, you know, there happens to be a, you know, very special Decepticons that, uh, you know, I'm just shooting from the hip here. Um, Oh, mate, I'm loving all these puns. This is mad. I know, I know. You, you've answered one of my questions before I've asked it, Wes. That, that's how, how, that's how ama- you know, amazingly powerful you are, oh, Robo Wes. You've already answered my question. I, I know from the hints what it's going to be, but I am not going to say it. I, I no. think what, just that little tease Just there, know that's... we're gunning for all you TCG players. Oh, my gosh, that's terrible. This oh, is yes, worse. I love it. It's I love it. getting worse. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Super excited, Wes. Super excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I would like to see more stuff like that and kind of expands on that idea um, personally. 
Dave, do you want to go or do you want me to go? You go, man. It's fine. Um, I, 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 I really like. I think I like the raid stuff. I think the raid stuff is super sick. Like Unicron, we've only had obviously one on our channel thanks to COVID, but I know for a fact we had multiple meetups to do it. But thanks to COVID, again, it stopped us from playing it. Um, like I, I think at some point we will have an iteration where we have pretty much every character done. And then it's, where do we go from here? Does it go quietly into the night or do people still playing it? Because at some points, card games do, some card games just do end up just dying eventually. But I don't think, I think we're miles away from that at the moment because like Transformers has such a huge back catalog and so many different renditions and editions of like cards. Like, Matifer loves like bringing it up to me all the time like Energon, Armada, Beast Wars. You know, there's just loads of other sets you can do. Um but it's just like at some point there will be we will run out of stuff, but also it's like will the interest still be there? Now, I think there will be because it's Transformers like this is a thing that has always always been popular, whether it be in comic books, whether it be in the TV series, whether it even be, you know, just anything from the toys, etc. It will have its day, but we're miles from it now. What I would like to see is some sort of, like, like I, I mentioned it, obviously, on this episode a little bit. Like, I would love for there to be, like, a schedule so everyone can kind of almost, because I don't, I, I think we will get all on the same page at some point, but I feel like if people are creating cards and stuff like this, which is really cool, there is going to be a point where people are like, this is way too much and we might drive away a lot of people if they want to come back to the game or even if they want to play the game. I feel like we should just have some sort of like schedule system where everyone's like, well, we want to release a set this time, this time, this time. And so people can get a little bit excited about that and then you can be like, cool, it's this, this, this group are making this at this time. That's great. And then we've got the next wave of this and then we've got other people doing this and that. But obviously... Um, that's going to take a lot of time and someone to do that. So that can be very, very kind of crazy. So that might be my wish just because I think Dave and me have like reviewed pretty much almost every set. Almost. We've got like the Bayformer set to do, Wave X. We've got a few other things to do, but we're always reviewing the set because we want to be a voice for the community. But also Dave is huge about community interaction and we want to be that. So maybe we might have to take up the mantle or something. I don't know. But I feel like it's it's too good at the moment. We're, we're living in a time where people are all wanting to save the game, which is amazing. And I love it. I think it's just it can be a bit overwhelming for people like Dave and me have said it multiple times on this podcast as well. We're only just getting around to playing certain cards, not just because we printed them off and we wanted them nice and pretty but we just haven't had time because stuff has been thick and fast and also the fact that real life gets in the way. So sometimes you don't even have the chance to play with stuff right away. But I'm excited. I'm excited for everything and I'll give everything a try. I'm even trying Randy's Beast Wars set and I said I hated Beast Wars on a podcast, I believe. So I'm even playing that. Because it's, it's really good. good. It is really good. So yeah, I think that the, there there is obviously the inevitable black hole that will eventually be circling around at some point. But I feel like we're miles away from it at the moment. Yeah, I think even 
So I, I haven't even really had a chance to play with our own set yet, let alone anybody else's stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because like, of lockdown and the fact I don't actually own a set of our cards yet. <laughs> I but, love that. I love that know, you don't have if, a set. Even if I did own a set of our cards, I, I, I haven't really had the opportunity to, to, to play with a full release set yet, let alone any of the ATP or Bayformers or anything like that. I think, you know, I kind of echo my answers pretty much the same as you guys. I love alternate formats. Like when I played Magic, I liked playing Chase. It was fun. I loved Arch Enemy, and I think Unicron really captured that Arch Enemy feel. We touched on this with Wes when we were talking about the Unicron raid. Um, it's Claire's favourite mode. Like if if Claire wants to play Transformers, because I'm quite fond like play. We need to record play some games with me. But like when she chooses to play, we play Unicron because it's so much fun but I'm looking forward to more game modes like that locations is something as well I think that's something because you know Transformers is full of rich locations like Junkion you know on all the different parts of Cybertron Iacon and that's a, that's something that could be looked at um, I think you know for me I'd like to see like a progression of the tournament scene particularly at a sort of grassroots local store level and I think it's one of the hardest things we're going to have is getting people to agree on what sets should and shouldn't be played and I think that's a real challenge because I'm a TO as well as a, a, a content creator and I think that's quite hard I don't know if you guys agree there like actually like what sets should we make legal it's something that um, I it's something I've had conversations with other TOs before and other communities before and Again, it's a really tricky one because I've I've seen people go, well, what's tournament official and what's not? And technically, the answer is none of it is tournament official. Um, it's entirely down to the TO of the tournament you want to attend. If that TO deems that they want ARC cards to be legal that tournament, that's up to that TO, and it's their job to inform that player base. Just so you guys know. I am going to be allowing ARC cards in this tournament. And then it's a player's choice whether they play or not. And it's the same for every group, really. Yeah. If if Dave wanted to run a tournament tomorrow and he goes, I'm going to make ATP. I, I want the ATP guys in my tournament. Then that's Dave's choice as a TO. That's not, it's not something you as a player can go, but you can't use them because they're not official. Dave's response then is, that's fine. Don't play my tournament then. You know, it's it's a very awkward position to be in, but that's how you have to go about it at the moment. It's that none of them are official. Yeah. You have to the, the best way as advice for other TOs is gauge your player base. If your player base is heavily favouring a certain expansion, start there. Yeah. See how those tournaments go. You know, go well if you guys are playing a lot of Bayformers. How about we run a tournament where Bayformers is allowed? You know, um, the difficulty comes. I know when you mix. Because a lot of the, again, the cards don't necessarily cross between sets overly well. And, like, for example, when we made the ARC cards, we weren't taking into account what cards ATP were making when we made ours. So there might be broken combinations there because we weren't trying to balance ours with theirs. Mostly, mainly, because we didn't know what they were making, you know? <laughs> Which, appreciate, is one, is one of the things that the would help that situation community-wise with regards to what sets are coming out is if you do collab you know what everyone else is doing 
I do I do understand. But that that I think is a future thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, like Eddie who was on last time, he he is quite interesting because his design process, like wasn't it? He he was talking about how he made try to ensure that his cars did gel with other sets because his set's quite small. Yeah, he hit Eddie's mindset, which I was really, really intrigued by, was he was he was cautious about creating cards, but he also wanted to make sure it balanced well with other sets and that if other sets were going to do stuff, to know that other cards are out there. So just think of that for possible broken combinations if you're going to mix them. I know for a fact that I really, really, really want to do a Combiner Wars um, tournament. And obviously the ARC are doing Wave 2. They're doing Combiners. ATP uh, have done a Combiners thing. Eddie has done a Combiners thing. I want to include all of those things. But the hilarious thing is, if you're running a specific Combiner, um, I, um, I've already said, I said it on the last cast, I was like, Eddie's reformatted set, that weapon is going to be in your deck. And that is mandatory. Because if you do it, you're going to get possibly a prize for possibly building a bigger gun because <laughs> why not because that's sick and it's awesome and it's really fun you know i think for me like just kind of a bit of unity from the community i think like and it is like a holistic goal isn't it? it's like let's be till the world one you know we'd all love that i think whether that's feasible because there is a lot of people making content there's a lot it's a lot of cogs to put into a to a machine to get it to all run smoothly. Um, but I think, personally, the community has risen up massively and said, we want more, we want more. And what, what's out there, it's fantastic. Yeah, 100, 100%. We love the game. Super cool. And we, we'll play it for a very long time. Enough said. I think that's all the questions, right, Dave? That is. There's all the questions. So I'm looking at the runtime. It's never, never a quick one. It's always a marathon here. Uh, one shall stand, one shall fall. That is a big number. Fun times. But hey, hopefully you guys, you have enjoyed this podcast. If you have, please leave a like. A like is much appreciated. Uh, before we end the cast, uh, what have people got coming up? Because obviously, Salty, you've touched on it. You you do other podcasts and other stuff other than a BOA. So uh, yeah, here's your lovely chance to promote that kind of fun stuff, bro. Well, uh, the the <laughs> the asterisk at the start of promoting the other uh, podcast is it is not child friendly. Yeah. It's not a PG content. Yeah. The one, um, so it's it's the level hyphen clear podcast if you want to check that out there's uh, uh nick from blues on attack with us together and uh a guy called tough and a lady called ellie and we do every other sunday currently we stream that on twitch uh and then it's also in the vods and uploaded to youtube as well uh we mostly discuss video games as well as uh like movies tv sort of geeky kind of stuff as well um, but yes, do not let your children watch that one because I swear, like a sailor, which, if, although if you do watch that, you'll then appreciate how hard I have to work on the, the Blues on Attack videos. <laughs> do not do that. It's like salty after hours. That's what it is, right? <laughs> oh, well, we've, we've joked many a time that we should do a Blues After Dark episode where we don't cut any of that stuff out and we just go full ham. But oh, I don't know if we should. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think we should. 
we should do naughty Transformers videos. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do naughty Transformer videos. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Um, Dave, what have you got coming out uh, on your channel then, Broski? Uh, well, it'll have already aired by the time this goes out. Um, got some ATP stuff, because obviously ATP and Beast Wars landed in my house this week. Today, as of time of recording, my reformatted battle cards arrived. Ooh, nice, nice, nice. So, me and Claire are going to be doing Combiner Wars. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. I need to build those. I am hooking up with Salty next week for some some casual games. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that. So, I forgot about me. I'm playing cards. Oh again. no. Um, I'm playing again next week, hopefully. Um, I've got some. Nazumi's finally got an internet connection. He's moved to the the Greater Shire of Somerset, and uh, they didn't have an internet internet in their street. They only had like copper wire and tin cup. Um, um, oh no, we don't get tell you around our way, sir. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mr. Frodo. Um, right, they, he, he's finally got internet connections, so we're playing this Sunday, come in. Just games, games, games. Like, members of the community, I, I'm humbled by how many of you have asked for games. I'm not just playing with my friends online. I've, I've been asked. Michael Santino has asked some games. He's in Florida. Aaron from Full Circle Gaming, big shout out to you. You've asked me for some games this week. Um, Brian, Brian Blair is my post with games. I'm going off to go. Yeah, Claire's getting cross with me. So I probably <laughs> I'll be playing with you, but it might not be soon. Dylan yeah. from up north, um, you've asked me today. You're going to play some games. I'm like, I can't. I'm getting told off. So yeah, games, 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 as much as I can because. I think it's really important for for us as content creators to keep that community engaged. And the one thing we are blessed with, with Transformers is you can do it via webcam. Because there's some games like X-Wing 40K, you just can't. So yeah, that's me. What you got coming up, Lee? Well, uh, I've got a, a lot of fun stuff coming up. Uh, obviously, um, I am editing episode two of Imperial Assault. That is basically my love child that I'm editing. I absolutely love it to death. Um, just going to say everyone's favorite carpet is in the next episode. So look forward to that. And trust me, he kicks a lot of ass. I did not know how good he was until I played this scenario. He just looks at things and things die. It's amazing. Um, he's, he's unreal. He's literally unreal. Um, other things are I'm going to be uh, jumping on the Discord this week at some point to continue like playtesting for ATP Wave 3. Um, seeing if there's any cards that have been changed so I can jump on and hang out with the community that way. I know Dave and me are trying to figure out some sort of like hangout. I need to make a Discord group and then possibly do like a day or something or a weekend for a couple of hours that people could jump on and play some webcam games or even just hang out and talk and just hang out that way, which we want to do. Come I know, I'm sorry, bro. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon and create another one, you know. I might just do it in the BOA one. There we go. Just invite me, and I'll just casually be like, yeah, I'm big fans of these guys, but hey, do you want to hang out and do stuff? Because <laughs> it saves more work. <laughs> Let's wait for me. There is a Sunday thing that G, there's a GN and Brian do, um, Space 391 as well. But there's a few of them that all play across either webcam or um, Octagon. Yeah, something already in the BOA Discord. So 
let's let's tag on to that man like, okay i'm doing Sundays. that i'm gonna jump in on that then i want to play more games that saves me more work let's do it i'll jump in on that safe but anyway yeah that's what's coming up on my channel so uh, look forward to all that good stuff um so yeah if you're listening to this on the Podbean, leave us a like and all that jazz if you're listening to it through itunes please leave like stars and thumbs up or whatever it is be much appreciated if you're watching this on youtube hey leave a like comment below subscribe all that jazz so yeah um how do we end this normally oh that's how we do it it's a goodbye from me lee a goodbye from me dave goodbye from me salty this wasn't agreed beforehand there we go <laughs> and it works out perfectly thanks salty again for coming on it's always been appreci appreciated you're always a big voice in the community it's always fun blues on attacker an amazing channel guys so go check those guys out thanks for giving up your evening in lockdown sir taking you away from video games and painting minis i mean i, I can't really say i've given up much to be on the podcast given that i can't do anything currently <laughs> but it has been a good laugh i've enjoyed it very much awesome me on. awesome yeah we'd love to have you guys uh, you guys nick and others on uh, in the future for for, for future content would be awesome and maybe a hilarious collab maybe in the not too distant future when we all can meet up and hang out and beer might be involved in transformers maybe i don't know we'll figure it out It'll be good times right until next time guys take care have a good one goodbye why am i waving no one can see one shall stand one shall fall